Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Happy Hump Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis at 7 o'clock. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It is September 6th, and therefore the weather in St. Louis is wonderful. 71 degrees and allegedly mostly sunny at the moment. Brooke Grimsley is here. <laughs> Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is our producer and audio engineer. You guys seeing the mostly sunny? I'm not quite sure. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, barely. Yeah. I think maybe barely sunny yeah. is the not best really description. Sunny. <laughs> 71 no humidity, though. We can live with this. This yeah. is going to be a good day. I can deal with that. It's going to be a, a, I like a great how day. You said allegedly. Is that the new term that we need to make sure we allegedly. use moving forward to yes. Just, yes. just to really cover? I us? think there's a couple of things you can go with. You can go with, I'm just saying. Yes. Mm-hmm. With all due respect. With all due respect. Those yeah. are the ones, the, the three. Allegedly, I'm just saying with all due respect, you can really say pretty much anything except the, the magic curse words on the air After and, that. and get away with yeah, it. Exactly. Because somebody says, no, I didn't take steroids. You said... You, you say, well, I said I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's and me. If, it's me. That's my opinion. And if it's like a mean opinion, then you can add the old Southern at the end. Well, bless your heart. Bless their heart. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's it's not that bad if you say that at the end. No, not, not at all. <laughs> be okay. Oh. The Cardinals are coming. Tra-la, tra-la. tra-la. How about our Redbirds? Ooh, oh, CD. That CD. Was a good win that's, last night. Yeah, that's two wins in a row. It is. You know what happens? Oh. If you win three, mm-hmm. it's a winning streak. And it has <laughs> happened before. <laughs> See, Terry? Sometimes positivity sucks. And Every time we say that, though, it, it well, stops, right? it stops <laughs> quickly <laughs> in its tracks. Here's what is different today. One of the oldest adages and one of the most apropos adages in sports is that to be the man, you have to beat the man. And mm-hmm. what did the Cardinals do they, last night? They beat the man. <laughs> yes, they did. The 10-6 over the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Braves think they're going to win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you did you get a little nervous around the eighth inning though? Yeah, I, I, I was gonna I, I was I was gonna text you guys. That the Cardinals are going to lose this game. <laughs> How things were going? Like, goodness, yeah. <laughs> Who's on the mound? Yeah. Well, oh. How many runners? Oh, 
Not, not great. I was starting to get a little nervous even during Miles Michaelis when he gave up that first solo home run mm-hmm. and the timing of it. Poor BT, where he was talking about, well, you know, it's just it's okay if you give up one solo homer and then just another one right after that. I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so the Braves scored first. Ozzy Albies with a homer in the first inning. Cardinals came back with uh, a J Dub RBI double to tie at one one in the second, and then later in the second with J Dub aboard. Swing and a drive, hit high in the air toward left. Back goes Rosario, that ball is long gone. And the Cardinals have taken the lead. That's Tyler O'Neill, and oh man, you just get him in the lineup for 125 games. Ho, 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 you've got don't do something. It, Randy, don't, don't do it. No. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, don't do it. Okay. Don't, don't. What do you say? Don't believe anything after the All-Star, after the trade deadline? After the trade deadline. There you go. Okay. Well, he's barely been around even then. Yeah. That's so, uh, <laughs> right. That's Good point. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll believe that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it's 3-1 Cardinals after two. And then in the third inning, with Goldie aboard, Nolan Gorman hit one hard. Swing and a fly ball left center. Harris on the run. He's going to turn and watch that one go. And opposite field homer for Gorman. So, 5-1 Cardinals after three, and they weren't done yet. We get to the fourth inning. Jordan Walker is from the Atlanta area. He's already doubled one home. Now he does this. That's loud and hit to center. Harris on the run, still going. That ball is gone. 15th home run for Walker. The Cardinals have hit three of them so far. And the Cardinals led 6-1 at that point. They were up 9-6 in the ninth inning, top of the ninth, when Nolan Gorman did it again. And he's been all over the globe as this ball's hit high in the air toward right. Acuna will turn and watch that one sail over the bricks. It's a two-homer game for Gorman. And there's some insurance. It's 10-6. Oh, man, when Nolan Gorman plays when he's not dealing with back issues, he is... When did that happen? About a week back. Okay. Oh no! It's 7:04. Yeah. That time check and back check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Officially licensed Rolex Jewelers. Uh, the Cardinals, That's so bad. The Cardinals win it 10 to 6. Miles Michaelis, as Brooke mentioned, he goes six and two thirds, allows three runs. Another quality start for Miles. Eight hits. He struck out two and also walked a pair. Then Jean King. When you go scoreless, uh, then you can be Jean for us. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, of course, pitched a third of an inning and allowed a couple of runs. <laughs> Just who he is. Uh, Andre Pallante, of course, uh, pitched two-thirds of an inning and allowed a run. And then Ryan Helsley came on to clean things up. But, um, yeah, it's so this is kind of the way it goes. Gallegos, you figure, going to allow a run, did. Uh, Pallante's going to allow a run, did. But the Cardinals win at 10-6. So I'm going to go Sunshine Lollipops today. We said it at the beginning of the season, you just have to outslug your opponents. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the game plan for the Cardinals. As long as they do that, it doesn't matter what the pitching does. You just got to outslug. That's possible, I right? To just outslug them? It may have been wrong. I don't know. Uh, it, it worked last night, at least. It's a little nerve-wracking when, <laughs> when you got relievers coming in. Yeah. And you got to, you know, you're up, but you don't feel good being up. It kind of no. makes you a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, before the game yesterday, the Cardinals uh, activated Matthew Libertor from the 15-day IL. Uh, and he is going to be in the bullpen now. Uh, Yoho Romero, left knee patellar tendonitis on the 15-day IL, retroactive to September 2nd. Jose Fermin is back, baby. Recalled from Memphis and... We, as we mentioned yesterday, Taylor Motter, we hardly knew you. DFA'd. Oh, oh no. Third time this season. Oh, Will no. Will we see him again, guys? Uh, yeah. That... No. No? No? I don't think so. He, he's done? Uh, I mean, he, 
Are, are they calling anyone up? September call-ups? Any any of the? I think they did. Any of the, I'm talking about like, Brady. Guys. Yeah, Griselle none of those now. guys. No. Yeah, they yeah. won't do that. No, because they, they can only go to 28 now, and so they just activated guys off the aisle. Oh. Yeah. So that, that's the Bruce, so Bruce Bochy rule. When he had 40 players and he had uh, 20 <laughs> pitchers, he would use them all <laughs> in one game. The, the, the Giants would be playing five-hour and 20-minute, nine-inning games. It was unbelievable. So uh, that's baseball. And by the way, if you need to know, and this is important information for you, uh, in the standings, the Cardinals have closed the gap to 17 games. So that, that's what they need to do to uh, catch Washington. But in the wild card... Brooke and Carey. The Cardinals are a little bit closer, 11 and a half behind Cincinnati. Oh, by the way, you've got in the battle for the National League last wild card spot, Philly and Chicago look like they're pretty safe. Philly four and a half up, the Cubs three and a half up. Cincinnati right now has the third wild card spot in the National League. Miami's a half game back, Arizona's one game back, and the Giants are two games back. In the American League, you've got only the Blue Jays and the Rangers really battling for the last spot. Boston is five behind. The Yankees are seven and a half behind. So a, a pretty good wild card race in the National League. Yeah. I I just want to touch on the Rangers. Did you guys see everything that happened with the Rangers last mm-hmm. night and how the Astros are just destroying them? I think they've outscored them 27-7 to seven in their first two one. games. Yeah. Nathan Evaldi had a rough night. Yeah, yeah, that didn't go well. Yeah, and Jose Altuve had an okay night. Had a, had a really he good did. night. Yeah. Three home runs in the first, first three, three innings. innings. Yeah, pretty Not good. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. better. So the Rangers are falling apart. What did he do the rest of the game, Rock? It's really what matters. Can you, can you, can you, can you do better? <laughs> uh, the NFL season starts tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. Chiefs and Lions pregame at 6.30. Chiefs got scary and maybe devastating news mm. yesterday. Hyperextended knee for Travis Kelsey. They were going to give him another uh, MRI. And they're hoping that he doesn't have a torn ACL. I would suggest if Travis Kelsey does have a torn ACL and is out for the season, that the Chiefs are in in elegant parlance screwed. Yeah, they are. I, I mean, he's their number one receiver. Who who do you look to? I mean, you got a couple of guys. You got Sky Moore. You got uh, Kadarius Tony. Tony's uh, not going to play. Rice. Yeah, I'm saying on the yeah. roster. So yeah, right. If if Kelsey isn't. Uh, able to play for an extended period of time, it's going to be rough for them this year. Do you think that it's a little bit of a positive sign that Adam Schefter, he tweeted out that basically they're determining his availability for Thursday night, so that might be a sign that they yeah. are still considering yeah. Yeah. him? Yeah. I, maybe that is a positive, just looking for a positive in that. Hyperextended knee usually gives you about a about a five to seven day window. I've, I've pretty much done everything. What? Oh, so what would, <laughs> so now you you could really just yeah, break it down I, of like with a recovery is, process. Yeah, yeah, I can tell you exactly if, how long it's going to take. If you were Travis Kelsey, what would you do? I wouldn't you, play. Okay. I mean, you 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 understand it as as a you want to play. We always want to play, but one thing I have to, I did that. I got my knee scoped on a Tuesday and played on a Saturday. Worst decision I ever made. Really? Yeah, it was it was a terrible decision, and so. Um, you know, I, I look back on that moment and like I probably should have uh, sat out. And so you're looking at two days for the next game for them playing on Thursday night, getting hurt on Tuesday. It's not worth it. It's a long season. You got 16 more of these things, if and then a few more if you're lucky. So I would I would hold them out because you don't want to further damage that knee. I could see that. So just one game, maybe one game, one if, game. If, if that's and what then it comes laughs. to, yeah, one, two at the most. If if you're not feeling well, but if it's just hyperextended. I don't think it should be. And then you got a long break between the sec- first and second game. So, yeah, 10 days. You should have more than enough time to recover if it's just that. What if you have cartilage removed? Is that That's not a big deal. I remember Marshall well, coming back. First play after uh, 
cartilage remover, removal, and I think it was 11 days after surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and in his first carry, he goes 77 yards against yeah. the Panthers for a touchdown. Wow. Tough, tough guy. That was Marshall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, sometimes when you, so when I got my knee scoped and got it cleaned up, it felt so much better. I had loose bodies, things that were floating around in my knee mm-hmm. and causing it to lock up. And so when I got it removed, I felt like a new man. I, I felt like a new human. And then I got a staph infection, I think, on the it's not great. turf downtown. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So I know yeah. a guy who, uh, a soccer player, who got um, like chicken. Uh, uh, cartilage. Yeah, chicken cartilage yeah. put in his knee. Yeah. And it worked apparently for a while. Not forever, but you know, it's, for a while. You know, yeah, and then it, well, then what you do is, you know, when it wears out, you just put it on the Traeger and you're cool. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think you should. Uh, I don't think that's do how that. No, 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 I don't okay. even think the Traeger right. can help the flavoring of that. I don't know. <laughs> so you got to use the pecan brook. Oh, the pecan oh that's okay. that's what it is. Okay, okay. Don't, okay. Go, don't go with the hickory. <laughs> All right, I know the difference. Before, okay, write that down. While, while we're talking about knee injuries, I've always wanted to ask a former athlete this: when you see a guy like Dewan Blair play multiple years of professional sport without ACLs. Like how does that does that shock you? Yeah, well, I mean, Son- Sony Michelle was kind of the same way. He didn't have, uh, what did he not have him? And this, he didn't have something. You could tell by he ra- how he ran. It, it, I mean, if your body is accustomed to it, you, you can knock yourself out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's your body. It, only you know how your body can can respond and react to things. Whatever the tendon is in your upper arm, I don't remember what tendon. Bicep tendon. Bicep tendon. Yep. So one summer during training camp. Uh, John Elway had bicep tendonitis, and it was really, really painful. And they were going to do surgery on it, and he was going to have to miss some time. And he's practicing, and he's throwing anyway, and the bicep tendon just snaps and rolls up in his arm. Oh, but he couldn't, if, if you don't have the tendon, you don't have tendonitis there anymore. And he was golden. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, that just the image seen, he thought listen, of that. Brooke, I've oh. seen hamstrings oh. pop. And the hamstring rolls, and it's a knot like it, it, it's like three inches, right? Yeah, it, and it just rolled up like a spring. And the pain that they they try to <laughs> you know massage you guys scar tissue. Trying to get you to puke this early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I just had breakfast. They show guys his Achilles breakfast. pop on live TV, oh, yeah, and you yeah. see it too. You see I know, I've seen it, and I don't want to see it. My guy Michael Young, who has done radio with us, I was with him when he popped his Achilles. He it was. Ooh, it was the man. loudest oh. pop. And he looked back. He thought somebody had threw, thrown something at him. He thought somebody yeah. kicked him or he kind of looked back and his foot just, it just yeah. wouldn't, uh. <laughs> it just fell. It wouldn't stay up. You know what's really bad that we don't talk about enough that's really debilitating? General soreness. Oh, oh man. How do people get through this? I I, guys, <sighs> we're not talking Gosh, about that enough. It. And no. how that really affects people and, there's, and players. There's no way to cure it. I mean, they <laughs> haven't come up. They got Advil. Oh. I leave. Oh. Ibuprofen. Oh. Yeah, pop a couple of them and <laughs> I, throw some dirt on it. So <laughs> that too. When I, um, I don't remember what injury it was, because I've obviously been through so much with my stellar athletic career. I don't know if it was the heart surgery or the broken wrist, whatever it was. I think it was, no, it was definitely the broken. Did you wrist. have tennis elbow at one point too? Oh yeah. You know what? I got tennis elbow from golf. Really? Terrible. It, it was really sore. So yeah, I had to get oh. that taken. But uh, when I, it was my wrists, and I was popping Advil like they were M and M's or yeah. something. It was like 10, 12 at a time, but it worked. Yeah, you, you shouldn't do that. No, I know. I heard. I found out later. Subsequently, found out. Yeah, Randy, you shouldn't be taking was, Advil like that. You shouldn't I, be popping them. I was taking hydrocodone like that at one point. Oh, yeah, like now that's more intense. Five or six a day. My doctor said, hey, well, why, do you, why do you keep needing refills? Hey, man, the bottle says take as needed. I need it. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you got to slow down. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Hours. Yeah. Oh, man. Every two hours. Scary stuff. Oh. Scary stuff. Coming up on 101 ESPN, it's hump day, and that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Yo, Yo ho. ho. If you would like to participate, it's, hey, this is the best time of year. It's fun. This is the time where, you know, you've got the fantastic weather outside. You've got some baseball pennant races, just not here in St. Louis. <laughs> but you've got the start of the football season. You've got uh, you've got young love. You, you've got a, a, a new beginning. So send us your text, and we'd love to hear from you. And Ask Uncle Randy is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. time for Ask Uncle Randy. We appreciate your texts, and uh, wait, we, we, this is where we talk life in the opening drive, and this is important stuff. We know that you have a lot going on, and if you have a question for uh, for me, because I can provide 61 years of wisdom for you, sage advice for you, but Carrie is here, Brooke is here, and they bring their own experiences. We want to help you. We want to make your life better. So send in that text, and Matthew, what do we got? What's our first one? Uncle Randy and Coach Carey, all this talk of college coaches jumping to the pros. If I'm a coach, how do I motivate grown men already carrying a bag? Oh, you know, they are motivated because of said bag. I mean, if you're an NFL coach, I think it's difficult sometimes because those guys are making more than you. But the NFL is a strictly a business and it's about production it's about making sure you do your job effectively and if you are not i told you my coach told me we tolerate you till we can replace you Mm -hmm. and he loved me like he didn't dislike me he was he's one of my favorite coaches but that's the mindset of a professional coach and it's really becoming the mindset of a college coach uh because of nil because of the transfer portal they have so many opportunities to go get someone right now that can replace you as opposed to in college you you would have to go recruit a kid maybe wait two years before he was ready now you can go get a junior from another school and he can replace the guy that is not performing well so football has become a business and young men that are playing college football that are playing in the NFL have to understand the business side of it. If you go back to the greatest show on turf and look at the players that Dick Vermeil and Charlie Army drafted, people like Orlando Pace and Grant Wistrom and Robert Holcomb and Torrey Holt and Dre Bly, all self-starters, all very competitive people. And that's what you need to look for. I'm yes. sure you look for your most competitive guys. If you're a college coach, the first thing you're asking a high, high school coach is how much does he love it? How much does he want to compete because there are a lot of talented players out there that don't really love competing. That would be my, if I was coaching college football, that would be my first question that I asked the high school coaches and that I would ask the player, how much, what does this mean to you? How much do you love this? Because it's going to get hard. It's not always going to be fun. You're not always going to be scoring touchdowns, catching interceptions, making big tackles. How much do you love this that when it is hard, you're still willing to go forward and still push forward and not give in? So basically what you want is players that you don't have to motivate, that motivate themselves. Yes. That's got to be hard. Dear Uncle Randy, my fiance and I got engaged in June, and our three-year anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. 
She says that she doesn't want to do anything big since I am paying for an expensive ring, so I'm planning on just a nice dinner. Do you think this is enough, or should I be looking for more? No, I think a nice dinner is fine. I think that, uh, and Brooke, I want you to weigh in here, obviously. But I, I think with the nice ring and uh, with where you are in life right now, I would suggest that a nice, memorable meal would be great. I agree. No, I I agree 100%, especially if she says that. And I know that sometimes, we've discussed it, if you're worried about the little trickaroo, I'm sure he knows best what she means, if she actually means when she says that, that she's not expecting anything more. But to me, I think it's more about, it doesn't have to be a big grand dinner. It's more of just kind of making the memory around it, right? Like, or even small gestures, like if you just bring flowers to the dinner, or maybe it's a picnic that you took time to put together. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to be super expensive. Expensive, but it makes it more of a special, memorable, intimate moment. There you go. And avoid that poison ivy, by the way, on the picnic. Just for the for those out there that are, that are tuned in, avoid the, avoid the poison ivy on the picnic. That's, just say that's a that's a very good point. Because yes. then uh, that's memories and not a good way. Not good. <laughs> You'll never forget that one. It'll yeah. stay with you for a little exactly. while. <laughs> Uncle Randy, I live and die by Hook'em Horms, and my girlfriend, for whatever reason, says Roll Tide. You're both wrong. Uh, what would be a friendly wager be? to put on the game this weekend? Also, oh. do I get the spread since it's in Tuscaloosa? So you've you got to bet on the game? Is that smart? Brooke, you want to? Oh, hook, smart, oh yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. downward Sorry. horns. Sorry. Oh, uh, downward horns. Oh, yeah. The texter yeah. can't see, but um, I'm doing wow, horns yeah. down. Wow. Yep. Uh, the great, original University yeah. of Tennessee wow. is, <laughs> <laughs> UT, I should say, uh, yes. A, a great, according to former athletic director at Texas Lost Dodds, a great season for Missouri is a bad season for Texas. Well, oh. that means that Texas has had a lot of bad seasons lately. <laughs> so if you are an Alabama fan and she is betting on uh, the uh, University of Texas Longhorns, uh, I would say pick out your favorite thing. And go for it. I think that'd be. You don't even have to worry about what she's going to get because Texas is not winning that football. Well, here's the thing. I don't know because Texas is actually um, a really good team. They should have beaten Alabama last year Mm -hmm. in Texas. Uh, Quinn Ewers got hurt, and so when that happened, the game kind of changed. Changed, and I think uh, Texas lost by like four points. It was a really good game. Texas is supposed to be. As good, if not better, than they were last year. I mean, you lose B. John Robinson, so we all know how well, how much better you can be when you lose the seventh overall pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are they are poised to to. But Alabama is Alabama, so yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to be just. Uh, I mean, I won't be able to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Spectrum. Uh-huh. We love have Spectrum. to go so yeah. no, no, so, no. But uh, not right now. Let's get back to the question though. <laughs> what would be a reasonable thing to bet on? I would say again. There are some things you can bet with your yeah. significant other. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things you can bet. You can. Yeah. There's a oh CD. I I get what you're doing over here. And oh, that's, I was thinking the same thing. I, I saw the I saw the smile. If you if you if you check out YouTube, what you can happened? go back and watch that. What, what happened? I will say though, out of the two evils that you presented there, I'd prefer Texas over Alabama with whatever wow. you're choosing. No, I just can't like Texas. Really? I, no. No, I mean, I don't, a, I don't have a... That is a, uh, with all due respect again, that is a greedy, evil organization. And Alabama's not? Uh, at least Alabama is willing to share the wealth evenly with everybody else in the SEC, as opposed yeah. to Texas, who had that long-term net, ter, uh, Longhorn Network and tried to bury everybody else oh, in, yeah. the, in the Big 12. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, 
Yeah, they, and they were then they were just so arrogant about it, and they weren't that good the, with mm-hmm. Texas. They just they just weren't that good. So uh, I think they're self-aggrandizing, and so uh, I would be less inclined to like. Maybe them. it's just me because I I, I love the whole see. Manning dynasty, mm-hmm. and so I'm just interested to see yeah. what Archie does. Yeah, Texas uh, <laughs> next year. Welcome to the big leagues. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Florida and California schools are in the same conference now, and it's because of Texas. Mm. Yeah. You they, just, they started blame this Texas. anarchy. Yep. Oh, I can. Yeah. No, so uh, basically, yeah, you can't uh, blame Texas I, I will. for everything. Oh, yeah. God, so I, will. I would say, ask for what you, as Mr. Alabama fan, ask for the thing that you he's like a best. Fan. Yeah, he's a Texas fan. Yeah. She's oh, an Alabama she's, fan. Oh, oh. then uh, you're screwed. <laughs> and not in a good way. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, I just took a full-time job and I hate it. How Ooh. soon is too soon to quit? Ooh. I've been there for two months. I would say that there is actually, I think it's best if you're employable and you can find the next job because you need a job. I would say rip the Band-Aid off. I would say if you hate it and you aren't going to be happy there and you know you're not going to be happy there, and th- I always come back to this one. I always come back to your happiness, your personal happiness. I think it's very important that you experience happiness. So I would say rip the Band-Aid off, and if you can quit right away, quit right away. If you hate it, why go through life hating what you have to do a third of the time that you're awake? Oh, oh no more than a third. A third of the time that you're alive. So don't don't be miserable. That's true. Very true. Brooke knows that. All right, one more. Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, I got divorced after being with someone for 12 years. And after being out in the dating scene, I found a wonderful woman. And we've been together for about a year. She checks all the boxes for me. And I'm thinking about asking to marry her, her to marry me. But we both have kids and we live about 45 minutes away from each other. And the prospect of blending homes and moving in together is not an option in the foreseeable hmm. future. What's your advice on navigating this life even though we can't move in and be together? Navigating the life is the key. If you have to be creative in navigating this life uh just find a way to make it happen and find a way to um, to spark joy and if, if you if you can't blend the families and you can't for whatever reason if, if you can't work this thing out so that you're closer together just find a way to navigate it from essentially you know not a long distance but a, a medium distance mm-hmm. perspective but just use uh, use your love as a foundation and uh, the weight will be worth it. The, the the juice will be worth the squeeze in the end. Was that off a Hallmark card? I mean, that was, no, that was from the movie. Let the journey the, the girl of love next door. drive you. Much. Oh, yeah, there, there you go. Oh, yes. that was like I was yep. like, it sounds too familiar. Yeah. Not just Timothy Olyphant, Alicia Cuthbert. Oh uh, yeah, she, and her dad, or no, her uncle, famous uh, hockey broadcaster up in Canada, and she's married to Dion Phaneuf, correct? I knew the second part. Yep. I did not know her dad was a famous hockey, hockey announcer. Eight. That yeah. that movie is just a very formidable movie in my in my uh, growing up I'll years. Bet it, yeah, I bet it was. And that line. What's is the just, name of the movie? The Girl Next Door. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's juice, been a long time since I've seen. Squeeze? Yeah. yeah. You learned that at twelve years that. old. It changes how you think about yep. life, Carrie. I don't think I've ever seen it. By that the way, changed your life yep. at twelve years old. Is the juice worth the squeeze? That's that's what asking myself. Brooke, I have been at crossroads asking myself the question: Is the juice worth the worth the squeeze since I was? 12 no. years old I, and it's oh, always God. a good way to look at things I, I, yeah. and i think yeah if guys if you mm-hmm. just look at it from matthew's 12 year old perspective i think you get it too. <laughs> i learned it at 12 yeah it's like, wow. it's like you learning learned a lot at 12 just seen right and wrong yeah
Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your text to ask Uncle Randy. <laughs> why Why are you laughing? Bro? It's what? just, this that's is a, intriguing. there's a lot of innuendos today. That's <laughs> a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that was ask Uncle Randy. Thank you very much for joining us here on 101 ESPN. Coming up as we roll on, use it or lose it. Which veteran quarterback will shock the doubters the most this season? That's coming your way next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The NFL season starts tomorrow night across the state in Kansas City. The Chiefs take on the Lions. We'll have the action for you here on 101 ESPN. Pre-game at 6.30 and then the action just after 7 o'clock here on your home of the NFL in St. Louis, 101 ESPN. Triple header on Sunday, noon, Brooks Tennessee Titans will take on the Saints. At 3 o'clock, you've got the Patriots, boo, against the Eagles. <laughs> Go Philly, fly, Eagles, fly. And then uh, the Sunday night game, the Giants, who have saved the world on a couple of occasions, taking on, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> I was waiting for you to sneak something in like you did yesterday. About? Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah. The 2023 NFL <laughs> MVP, Daniel <laughs> Jones. Oh, yeah. Look out. They got to win games for him to be He won a road playoff game last year. They won games. They're going to win games. They're going to be even better than they were last year. Brian Dayball is terrific. He is a good coach. Saquon um, Barkley was their leading receiver. That's the problem, and they've addressed that during the offseason. They're going to be they're going to be better. They've addressed their offensive line. Their offensive line is healthy. So anyway, we're going to talk quarterbacks here. Okay. Which veteran quarterback is going to shock the doubters most this season? We've got a list for you. We've got Matthew Stafford of the Rams. I don't think anybody is taking him. No. Uh, we've got A.A. Rod. Why not, guys? No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> he can't relate to his young teammates. <laughs> exactly. His receivers don't like him. How can yes. you not roll with him? Yep. We've got Mr. Unlimited. I, I will tell you, after watching Russell Wilson play football last year, it, it, I, I love football. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it means the world to me when it's done the right way, when it's when it's played the right way, when guys are, are doing the things in the system or, you know, sometimes out of the system. I don't know what the heck Russell Wilson was doing last year. I, I, I honestly, um, that's, I don't, a, that's, I, that's the best way I can put it. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what that. I think that defense, the defense was outstanding. They were the number one defense in the league, uh, the, the the best scoring defense in the league. And to not get 20 points a game, to yep. not 
get 17 points a game. That's all you needed. Here's what happened. That defense was balling. Peyton Manning goes to Denver because he wants to coach. And he's the offensive coordinator in Denver. And he coaches, and they put up 600 points. Tom Brady leaves New England, goes to Tampa Bay because he wants to coach. He wants to be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's, he's seen what Manning has done. He goes there with all that talent, and he's great as a coach and as a player. Russell Wilson wants to coach. Russell Wilson wants to uh, let Russ cook, okay? He wants yes. to get out of Seattle. He wants to coach. So he gets there, and he coaches, and he's an abysmal yeah. failure. What he needs is the structure of a coach. If he's willing to accept the coaching of Sean Payton, he may have a chance to be good. But it wasn't going to happen under his coaching. That was what they ran into. I don't know if, if he is that type of player, though. For me, Russell Wilson has always been electric because of what he's done outside of the pocket. Mm -hmm. The ability to extend plays, to to allow his receivers to make plays downfield. Those are the things that, when you watch Russell Wilson, those are the plays that you remember. It's not in-pocket, on-time passes, and that's what uh, Sean, uh, not Sean, uh, Peyton is going to mm-hmm. yeah. be expecting from him is on time passes, getting to the receiver, getting the ball out of your hand. And I don't know if Russell Wilson has that ability. Uh, yeah, I think that it's really interesting. Did you guys see that report yesterday from ESPN about what Sean Payton said to Russell Wilson, kind of a harsh reality check, where he said he needs to stop focusing, Payton saying this to Wilson, so much on Russell Inc. And he says, will you stop effing uh, kissing all the babies and you're not running for public office. But he I, is. But that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that sometimes, and you've seen this, like some players can handle when they kind of move into that celebrity status off the field. Do you think that maybe that got too much to him where it took away his focus from what he should be doing, when, which is just being a quarterback? When you announce a contract extension laying in bed with Sierra, on video, on social media, yes, it has gotten it's to you strange. too much. Yeah. It's a little strange. Yeah. It, it, it just, I mean, you know, I don't know the man. I don't know his personality. I don't know who he is or how he is. It just feels a little strange. So, I, I think the, the change came when they threw that pass in the Super Bowl instead of yep. handing it to Marshawn Lynch. When you totally made a, a, an effort, a conscious decision to try to make him the the Super Bowl hero as opposed to just winning the game, I think that that had shifted at that point. So let's get to our other quarterbacks that could shock the NFL. Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, or Baker Mayfield, who may or may not have Mike Evans available to him with Tampa. Does any name stick out to you like a blinking red light that can shock the NFL? I've, I've got one. You guys go ahead. Do you want me to go ahead first? Okay. My pick, and I I was debating about this. No, <laughs> you, yeah, I add Ryan Tannehill. Ryan He's not Tannehill. even on the Ryan list. Tannehill. I'm like, well, you go. The list is not you know what? If you, if you want to go with Ryan Tannehill, you can. <laughs> That'd be really funny, but I'm not. Um, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna actually go with Aaron Rodgers. And I was debating about this this morning because. The question could be, well, is it really uh, is it really going to be that shocking with Aaron Rodgers? I think a lot of people are curious with him being 39, close to 40 soon, if he's going to be able to pull this off. To me, it feels like with the Jets, it's Super Bowl or bust, right? And it seems like a huge challenge. And he's getting all those pieces together. You have Alan Lazard, you know, he worked with him, and then you have Dalvin Cook, and then you have offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett coming in. Coming in. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers this season, and I think that there's a lot of doubters with Aaron Rodgers. Plenty, mm-hmm. plenty yeah. of people lining up. I know that there's a lot of people who support him as well, but I feel like there's a lot of people doubting that he will be able to make this big shift where he's going from the Packers, that legacy, moving on to the Jets. 
For me, I, I think it's plain and simple. It's Lamar Jackson. It's mm-hmm. whether or not can, he can get return to form of his uh, MVP season and even better. He's got better weapons. Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, who hopefully can stay healthy. You go and draft Zay Flowers in the first round. You're, you have Mark Andrews, who is... I think now with Kelsey being injured and, and aging, probably the best tight end in the game. George Kittle is there. Kittles is there, but I think Mark Andrews is definitely, if not one, he's he's one B, one A, one B, maybe two, but he's right there. The the question I think for Lamar and for Baltimore Ravens fans and for all of the NFL is what is Todd Munkin gonna be able to do? The new mm-hmm. OC coming from Georgia, is he able to establish a game plan that allows Lamar Jackson to do what he does best? He runs the ball really well. He passes the ball really well. There were some some uh formation, some routes last year that you had people in the same spot yeah, over and bad. over and over again. And you're wondering like what in the hell who to- who taught this? Who's coaching this? So Todd Munkin has a has a new leash on life for Lamar. He's going to be able to hopefully open it up. And I think they've got some – watch out for Zay Flowers. He is a spectacular young talent. He's going to be electric. And I think the Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are going to be really, really good. I am going to go kind of off the board here, not off of our board, but somebody that people really aren't talking about. I'm going with Derek Carr in New Orleans, who's a pretty darn good quarterback. And Michael Thomas is back and apparently healthy. I love Chris Olave. He had a really good rookie year, and I think he's going to be a terrific wide receiver in the NFL. Rashid Shaheed, they've got a good young tight end in Juwan Johnson. They've got a rebuilt offensive line. They spent their first-round draft choice last year on Trevor Penning, who had a, a really good rookie year. They've, they've got a solid offensive line. They've got the guy who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year. Jamal Williams now playing at running back. They're going to get Kamara back after week four. And I think he's in a perfect spot, loves playing in dome stadiums. He's got a pretty good division to play in. I think Derek Carr is the guy to shock the NFL. And he got a really good defense. If mm-hmm. you are able to, once Alvin Kamara gets back, they are going to mm-hmm. be, and if Michael Thomas can stay healthy, he is a guy that a few years ago led the league in, in receptions. and forty nine. Just, just all time. He, he is spectacular, but just unable to stay healthy the past couple of years. If you get him back in the fold and you know Derek Carr, that's the one thing that they were missing last year was a quarterback. They had Andy Dalton. They had Jameis Winston. They they were and in that division you anybody could win that division. So I think Derek Carr, I think that's a really good pick for them. Thank you. The one thing I learned most putting this together is that um, <laughs> the veteran quarterbacks in this league right now. It's just there are four quarterbacks, I think, who have a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. And that, and two of them are on this list, and none of you picked two of those guys. The other one's Patrick Mahomes. The dearth of like veteran quarterbacks with a lot of playoff and Super Bowl appearances just it might be one of the worst seasons we've seen in a long time. She picked tell Aaron Rodgers. Tell me a player that Matthew oh, Stafford is. Too. Yeah, tell tell me a player that Matthew Stafford is going to throw the ball to, with Cooper Cup out. Tyler Higby. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> no, I drafted him. There's one. <laughs> he has hundred and some targets last yeah. year. You better believe he's going to get some targets. I guess we still have Van Jefferson. <laughs> it's more just a comment to just how we've lost a lot of great quarterbacks over the years, and the well, and the young ones have yet to really take over. one that didn't let anybody else win any. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, <laughs> and the young ones have yet them. to take over yeah. other than Mahomes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Completely. So uh, th- those are our picks. Uh, Brooke going with 
A.A. Ron, Lamar Jackson to uh, Kerry Davis. And by the way, Lamar Jackson, a part of Kyler's film room. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is actually my quarterback. Okay. And the name of our fantasy football team is... Uh, what is it again? Rogers. It's Rogers. Darkness Retreat. Darkness Retreat. Yes. So I, it was very important that I drafted him. I mean, yes. And CD is your quarterback on this list? Uh, I don't know. I got four or five fantasy leagues. Who oh, can, okay. I can't keep up. CD's taking Lamar here. He's got a bunch of Ravens on his fantasy team. I think he's Uh-oh. he's this starting to he's, he's starting to thing. come over a little bit. Here's the thing. No, in real life, this is fantasy. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> I, I need people to You're understand. You're fantasizing that. being a Raven. No, is that what's going on? Fantasy is about getting points, and I think there are a lot of Ravens that are going to get a lot well, of points. I can tell you this. I got uh, Brock Purdy. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, here's, and we need to get to uh, take it or leave it in a moment. But even though it's fantasy, maybe that's even worse. I did not, have not had, and will not have <laughs> the moral flexibility to have a Patriot or a Los Angeles Ram on my squad. Wow. I, I want to win, Randy. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not going to win at the expense of rooting for those. So even even if a super healthy Cooper Cup was an option, (laughs) and it was right there for you to take, you know who he's taking money from? (laughs) Stan. Terrible. Uncle Stan. Right. Real. Rock does too. He's here every day. I wish I was wearing my yoga (laughs) shirt right now. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, he clearly has moral flexibility. He can. If somebody could hire him to be a hitman, Uh, that's the thing. (laughs) Rock. Yep. Who are we taking out? (laughs) Who are we taking out? (laughs) There you go. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! Take it or leave it. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. Mr. Unlimited. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com. And start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN. Get your text in now. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, Matthew. Guys, we saw last night that Giancarlo Stanton hit his 400th career home run. Since he got to the Yankees to start the 2018 season, and let's go back here. Giancarlo Stanton had an opportunity to come to St. Louis. The Cardinals had a trade done with Miami to have Giancarlo Stanton be here, but he said, no, I'm not. he had a no trade. I'm not going to St. Louis. I'm not going to San Francisco. I will only go to the Yankees, the Astros, the Cubs, or the Dodgers. Those were the four teams. He got traded to the Yankees. Since arriving with the Yankees, they have played 846 games. He has played 534, Ooh. hitting... Uh, 247 with a total in New York of 133 home runs. Take it or leave it, the luckiest move that Mo ever made was the move that didn't happen when Stanton decided to not come to St. Louis. Thank you. Ooh, I'm going to take that. No, and by I'm the way, they were, I'm going to leave it. They were going to take the full contract. I'm going to leave it because the, the luckiest move contract. was getting Albert back and him performing the way that he did. That, no, yeah, that was that luck. Was, that, that wasn't. No that one was, expected that. Was that. Yeah, that, that was lucky. Yeah. No one yeah. expected that. But yeah. if, if they get Stanton, they never get Goldschmidt. They never get Arenado. 
that's that's where and they probably don't get Albert back. Yeah, that's true. Because and yeah. that's the that's my whole thing is that there is a huge ripple effect with that. Albert was spectacular. The fact that he was able to do that in things like that in St. Louis was such a great story and experience. You wouldn't have gotten that with Stan. No, coming here. So what's uh? You guys know how to do um, percentages. Yeah. Sure. So, okay, 534 divided up by 846, is that right? 534 divided by 840. I need somebody to tutor me on man. He's played 63% of their games. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for tutoring me. You did it right, Randy. All you got to do is just multiply it by 100. Could, could, I needed to. I needed that honestly. in high school. Um, yeah, math is always, I like math. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, I do. I like, don't like it. I kind of, when I go places Thank and you, I bro. give them cash... And I get, I, I try to figure out how much change it is. I, I, sometimes you got to help them. So when you know, I was, they don't have their yeah. computer. When I was in the industry, <laughs> I did, we didn't, when I was in the industry, we didn't have computers because I to. was, it was like the eighties. Had okay? to figure it out on your own. So, but here's what you do: somebody gives you a twenty, and the, your bill is twelve fifty-seven. Okay, mm-hmm. so you say fifty-seven, sixty, seventy-five, up to a dollar. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, takes me up to thirteen. Fourteen, fifteen, five is twenty. Boom. There you Easy. Go. Done. That's math. Very Thank you. You, you did we it. We did it. I did it. You did it. Yes. Very you proud, proud of me? I'm very proud of you, Randy. So Thank proud you. of you. Gold star. Uh, so we, we'll do some lazy radio, as you like to call it, Randy. We, I was looking at this. I like um, this. Yeah, dude, I was you. looking at this list of teammates. We always talk about how much Jordan had, how much help he had. So I was looking at the list of Hall of Famers that he's played with. He's got uh, Scottie Pippen, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Parrish. Bobby P. Yeah, as 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 Hall of Fame teammates mm-hmm. in his career, he might miss one or two. Artist Gilmore, I think, played a couple of games, maybe twenty five, but not really. No, Ron Harper. He's not a Hall of Famer. No, John Paxson. Not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> okay. No, no, not many Hall of Famers uh-huh. on Jordan's uh-huh. list. LeBron's list. Dwayne Wade, he a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis, he a Hall, Hall of, of Famer. Kyrie Irving, he a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Uh, Chris Bosh, he a Hall, Hall of Famer. Of Famer. Uh, Russell Westbrook, he a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. Kevin Love, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Uh, Ray Allen, he a Hall of Famer. Yes. Um, let's see, Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I'd say so. Yeah, he's, he's had some Hall of Fame That's teammates. Nine. So when we talk about not having help, and we t- <laughs> take it or leave it. Yeah, I forgot what segment we were talking about. Take it or leave it. LeBron has had more help than Jordan. Take it. Ooh, right. take it. Wait. Oh, oh. Let's get the Rockio cam for this one. Rockio, uh, who by the way doesn't yeah. think that Michael Jordan's a top ten all time player. He that's does not. not no. It's no Kobe. Why it's are Kobe. we? Kobe, that's, yeah. Why are we oh, slandering me like that? Come okay, on. Now, sorry I'm about not. that. It's Kobe. Yeah, you don't no. think who Kobe had more help, LeBron or Michael? Uh, LeBron has. Okay, good. there we go. Much more. Yeah, but, I don't, but more. I don't think I don't think the narrative about LeBron not having. Uh, you hear that? You hear that sound? That's that, me resting my case. That, that hasn't been the narrative about LeBron <laughs> since Cleveland. But LeBron, if I'm not mistaken, he has he won with Kyrie and yeah, Kevin Love. Yeah. They are Hall of Famers. Yeah, and he won. Yeah, he, he's uh, yeah. he's won MVP. And they lost and, too. Yeah, he, he's won MVP in every finals he's been in. LeBron is right. Not in everyone. He's he's lost uh, well, in everyone that he's because won. Because like Jordan lost like well, he almost ne- he half never, of his. Randy, no, no, no. He never lost any. He never. He, he won. He he won all of them. Oh, he was really good. Okay, never yeah. mind. Yeah, he was really good. He was spectacular. It's okay. First round exit loss. It's okay. Pistons bunch of times early in his career against who? Pistons. The world champion Pistons. Uh, yes. Two times it was, yeah. Not all the time. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue, bro. Okay. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Wait, we can I get this... one more here? Oh sure. Go ahead. So. Uh, <laughs> I know Lars is 48. Okay. Oh, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There will never be a basketball player with more pressure on him than Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen's son. Oh. They have to. Yeah, take it. Well, when they have children, I guess. Bloodlines. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess yeah, no. She doesn't really have anything to do with it. She doesn't count. She just has. Oh, yeah, she, she, she had last name. She got the last name. So maybe Marcus should have gotten together with Scotty and Lars's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Bro. Oh God, no, no, no. It no. would have been a better fit. Yeah. That's still controversial. Anyways, uh, we discussed this earlier, but the Rangers are kind of scuffling a little bit right now. Uh, the Astros have outscored them 27-7 to in the first two games of their series. And um, the Rangers have lost 10 of their last 14 games. Take it or leave it, the Cardinals actually look good in this trade. You were able to give away... Essentially, just two rentals, and I know it's hard losing Jordan Montgomery, but this is the season wash, right? It was a wash. Well, I don't know about Jordan Montgomery. So then you give up Chris Stratton, Jordan Montgomery. Things still haven't panned out for the Rangers. We have Tacoa Roby and Thomas Ajaycee, who is doing fantastic in the minor leagues, that? by the way. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> How about I'm going to take that. Yeah, the, the, that trade actually think, looks really good right now. It does. trade right now? Yeah. Well, As of right now. I, guess I can't tell you how proud I am of you saying kind of scuffling, by the way. I know. I would, I would, call, I would call Gene Stallings, the, the old football Cardinal coach, for his Monday show, and he would do it on the phone. And after a loss, inevitably, he'd call up and say, Coach, how you doing? He'd go, Randy, kind of scuffling. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So what do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Take it or leave it. Jordan Walker should be in the three-hole between Goldie and Arenado next season. Take it. Leave it. Oh, who's going to be there? No, Gorman. He's not, he's, he won't be here. Right? Oh, if he's not here, if then Jordan not. Walker. Yeah. I would love to have a left-handed bat between those guys, though. Mm-hmm. And if, if if Gorman is here, then I want him between those guys. Would you Would you see uh, Jordan Walker batting in the two-hole? I would love that. And have Goldie Walker and Arnado. Goldie three, yeah. Gorman four, Arnado five. Mm. Whoo, Leading doctor. off would be... Mason Wynn. Leading oh. off? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really? He had speed on the bases. Where's Donovan at? He's, he's uh, got his super utility guy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we'll be saying. That at all? Oh, this is an easy one. Uh, take it or leave it. My pups are good boys, and they deserve a slice of lunch meat before I close the bag. Totally take it. Take it. Take it. Mm-hmm. Take it no, no, I'm gonna have to leave it. You can't oh, let them get. You can't let them get big. Oh, wait, yeah, you can. One, one slice. It's a snack. Lunch meat. It's, it's protein, bro. Our dog, literally, anytime he sees us at the fridge, he just comes sitting. You gotta pay the tax. <laughs> so, uh, you got. You, uh, I know you got something for me. Yeah, you gotta pay the tax. Anytime I get ice out of the ice machine, <laughs> the fridge tax. Oh. Everybody does the fridge so, tax, huh? With their dog. I'm glad that it's you getting ice out of your ice machine because you yes. got a big dog does your dog ever yes. go up and tap on the no, thing he, to... he hasn't learned Dar- that yet Dar- I, I oh, Darby Shaw does that. oh really <laughs> yeah i hope he never figures that out no that's a bad but thing. he can get his own ice it'll I, be it'll i once be had a, the very first golden retriever we had i taught him how to get me a diet coke his name was midas midas with the golden touch too and so i put a towel on the fridge and a brilliant dog and, and so i would say mighty can you go get me a Diet Coke, you go open the fridge with the towel and bring me a Diet Coke. <laughs> but the problem was, he didn't close the refrigerator oh. door. <laughs> so you had to get up and yeah, do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, right. no. But he was, he was amazing. Uh. Yes. Stevie, we tried to keep her away from extra treats like that. But she loves, like, vegetables. Oh, really? Carrots, yeah. cucumbers, all that stuff. She likes that for treats. Yeah, Moose the Lab does not eat vegetables. He's, he he's a carnivore. <laughs> she focus on the fact that yeah. when a texter texted in and said, should I give my dog a little treat? Everyone here said yes. Mm-hmm. For Brooke. Oh, 
knows? I I no, Just that's not lunch not, meat. No, you're manipulating what I said. I was talking. I was saying I give her lots of treats, but but what? Yes, I have CD. You're you're completely right. I'm saying that I just don't want. I want healthy, healthier oh options for my doggy, so she doesn't get big. And I want my dogs to be super unhealthy. So I, I even like this is bad. This, this is, is really bad. I hope nobody's listening. Um, like last night, chocolate cake. I let moose like, <gasps> like the, yeah, uh huh. No. If you're gonna have life, enjoy it. He doesn't. But doesn't chocolate's bu- not good uh, for dogs. It's just a few crumbs and it tastes great. <laughs> I, I don't know if they. This is the thing. When your dogs are eating, they, I don't know that they really taste it. They don't care. They no. just. Well, him. He, but he, he's he just, just looking a few crumbs anything. and he gets it on his tongue. So. That's true. I think Stevie will literally eat anything. Anything. I don't know. This, I don't this, this the, my dog will have healthy oh, snacks. Had a dog that we ate a full to onion. Keep He's a really? Come on. Oh, how did that go? Oh, man. He, he had an iron stomach. He never threw up. Really? His, his name was Opie. He was a part Samoy, part German <laughs> Shepherd. One time we come home, and so there's a, uh, before we left, there had been a whole uh, bowl of hard candy, you know, the, like the, the globe-shaped candy. <laughs> So I get yelled at. Did you eat all of that hard candy? No, I didn't even know we had it. Oh, no. And then you see Opie with the long hair with all these colorful oh. globes on his fur. No! <laughs> ate all of it. It was brilliant. Thank you, Matthew. Somebody pointed out Good. that you don't Thank like you. dogs, Rock, and I think that that's important we bring that up oh. as we exit. No, no. That t- oh. Oh. Anyways, oh. toss a break, Randy. You heard it here. Shady Cardinals sign Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker long-term next on 101 ESPN, where Matthew hates dogs. You unbelievable, You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. In St. Louis, time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. And we're seeing this week the best team in the National League. It's the Atlanta Braves. And they have been very creative in building and maintaining their team. As a matter of fact, their entire normal starting eight is under contract for at least the next three years. And they've given big money, long-term contracts to guys that they have produced like Austin Riley, uh, like Spencer Strider, their young pitcher. They gave Michael Harris the second a big deal. And notably, the first guys that they started this with were Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies. And so they know what they're going to have. They have and they have cost certainty as baseball inflation goes up. The, the Braves are going to have cost certainty for the next few years. And when you look at the Cardinals with all of the young players they have, and we'll start with the two obvious top prospect guys in Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. But you also have Nolan Gorman. You have Brendan Donovan. You have Tommy Edmond. You've got a, a large group of young players. I am of the opinion, Brooke and Carey, that the Cardinals should take a similar tack and try to sign their young, especially position players for the long term. I agree. I think that that's what you should do. So you're specifically looking at Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. And if you keep Gorman, if you're confident that Gorman's (laughs) going to be healthy, you take care of him. But I I think one of the guys that we tend to 
underestimate is Brendan Donovan. He's a mm. really important player, I think, for the future of this franchise. And I wonder, because his name was brought up quite a bit when it came to trade talks or even maybe something you're looking at this offseason, because when we're looking at adding starting pitching, we've discussed this many times, you're probably going to have to part with either maybe a Tommy Edmond, a Brendan Donovan, or a Nolan Gorman. So whoever maybe that you keep around from that, that you're not moving to get back some starting pitching via a trade, then you should lock them in. Sign them. I agree. I mean, when you're looking at, I'm looking at Ronald Acuna's deal, an eight-year, one hundred million dollar deal. Is that a, what type of break did the did the Braves get when they signed that? Looking at well, what he's done now, he's the first player ever yep. with 30 home runs and, and 60 stolen bases in a in a season. He's going to be he's going to be top three uh, for MVP finalists when the when the season ends. You're looking at a guy that is 25 years old right now that is playing at an elite level, and you have him under contract for the next six years, and, and you're not paying, you're not overly paying for his services. Here's some perspective for that. It's 2023 right now, and he signed that contract, I believe, in 2020. At, right? at 21 years yeah. old, yeah, uh, uh, no, eight, at 20, at 24 years old, I believe. Okay. Eight years, 100 million dollars. In 2004, the Cardinals signed Albert Pujols for seven years and $100 million. More AAV in 2004 right. than Acuna is getting right now. Yeah. Here's another layer to add to this is the way that TV contracts are going to play out in the future. Do you think that that factors into helping you maybe convince to get some of these deals done a little bit sooner? Because mm-hmm. that's going to have a huge effect, not just on sports in general, but in baseball. Because with everything that's playing out with Bally Sports and how that's going to work out, that's going to affect each one of these teams. But well, I think the Cardinals know they're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. And and you save more money, though. If you do it now, as opposed yep. to in five years when Jordan Walker is due for a, a when he's an unrestricted free agent, he's due for a contract, you're probably going to save yourself $100 million, maybe $80 million, something along those lines by paying him early. And you know you've seen what he's done uh, since he returned. You saw what he did while he was here, having the hit streak, 12-game history, longest to for a rookie um, in St. Louis history, or was it Major League history? It, it was uh, St. Louis history. St. Louis history. Mm-hmm. He, he did a, a fantastic job. Went down, corrected some things, didn't correct some things. Whatever he did, he's he's back and he's performing at an elite level right now. In the month of September, he is batting uh, one. Where is it at? It's one. His OPS is one point eight two nine. Pretty good. I, that, that's pretty dang good. on good. And, and it's four games, but he's done a fantastic job. He's hit a home run in three of his last games, four of his last five. He has been, been playing extremely well, and you want to keep a young player. Get him paid now. Mm-hmm. Pay him now before his, his number goes up in a few years. He's like, nah, I'll just wait till, till my free agency comes around. And then you don't have to run into that arbitration where people say things that they – don't like right. and, and they get into the arguments and now one side is mad at the other the other side you don't have to worry about that if you give them the contract now and get it over with and especially with how things played out this season when you mentioned sending him down this is another way to kind of correct that yeah and I know that they said it was about launch angle and exit velocity yeah. I don't know how much that actually played into it I think it was more about the outfield issues and them trying to sort that out and having taking him out of the equation while they were trying to figure it out and so that could also write that wrong, which I still believe was a wrong in a sense. Luckily, it's worked out for him. The way that he has handled things, that is definitely a player that you want to keep around for a long time. We knew that the future was bright for Jordan Walker, but even seeing the adjustments, how quickly he's been able to make and just his this season alone at 21 years old, I think says a lot about him as a player. So in Atlanta, Matt Olson is signed through 
2029, Acuna through 2030, Austin Riley through 2030. I, I'm sorry, uh, Acuna was 2026, Olson 2029, Riley 2030. Who are the Cardinal players? And by the way, Michael Harris and uh, Sean Murphy and Spencer Strider also signed well into the back end of this decade. Aside from Wynn and Walker, who are the guys that you want to lock in on? First of all, are, are there any Cardinal pitchers that you want to lock in on long term like they did for Strider? No, thank you. I don't think so either. No. No, uh, right now. No. So uh, are we, we, we mentioned Donovan and Edmund. And Edmund's only 28. He's been durable. Is Edmund a guy that you sign long term? I think you, I do. I, yes, I think so. It's not going to be one of those extreme contracts that we're talking about with with. Jordan Walker or, or potentially Mason Wynn, mm-hmm. but you can get him, I think, for a nice size contract and, and keep him in the fold for the next, you know, four to five years and know that you have second base and or center field covered with a guy that can mm-hmm. do both. I would love a world where you could keep both Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond because I think it helps with one, we've seen their versatility and how much they've been able to help. But I, I the thing is, is that with Mason Wynn, you know, it's going to take some time for him to get fully acclimated, especially offensively, that it kind of gives you gives him a little bit uh, where he doesn't have to stress out mm-hmm. as much having those two guys available. And I feel like they're meant to be utility players. But Tommy Edmond, by the way, him last night in center, I mean, he looked absolutely fantastic. That's something that has really paid off for Ali Marmal is betting on him in center field. Yeah. And then the other one that would be a roll of the dice, but other teams have tried this. What about Ivan Herrera? Hmm. See, and that's the and let's not dismiss the fact that you have Contreras under contract for I, four I, more years. I think that because I don't know if Kisner's going to be here. We talked about whether or not they're going to have three catchers. I don't think that they will. I think that um, Herrera will be the backup, and you know you'll let Contreras play some catcher and then DH, and, and Herrera will be your guy. I don't know if you've seen enough to give him that contract that's, just yet. Yeah, that's just what I was going to say. Not enough games been played. I don't feel like he – I thought when he was here, when he was playing, he did a fantastic yeah. job both behind the plate and at the plate. But I think you need to see more before you say, okay, we're going to sign him to a long-term I, deal. I just need a half season. like Just the, a little bit, yeah, yeah. When the Mariners signed Julio Rodriguez last year, the big contract. I just And I, I'm not talking about signing Herrera to a 13-year contract. Mm-hmm. Yes. But – I just want to see him for half of a season. So I think we're, we're zeroed in on about four players. And at the top of the list, Walker and Wynn. And, and when you're talking about a pitcher, just real quick, Zach Thompson, I think, is somebody definitely maybe, if you're able to see on our more consistent level, mm-hmm. is somebody, a pitcher that you would say, I could lock that in. Absolutely. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And that's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a brief break. And then Lutz Fonensteel, the sporting director for St. Louis City SC, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. Oh, to give away the Klaus, who collects it and resists the and scores a wonderful goal. We're breaking down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. Carrie 
Davis, Randy Carricker, the opening drive, 101 ESPN. We go to the celebrity line right now, and the uh, sporting director for St. Louis City SC, our friend Lutz Fonenseal, joins us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN as SC gets ready to visit L.A. and take on L.A. Galaxy this weekend. Lutz, always good to have you with us. Thanks for your time. How are you doing this morning? No bad. What about you guys? Everything's going very well here. Uh, obviously, you guys on the heels of that disappointing loss to uh, Sporting KC. What were your impressions as you uh, reflected on uh, that match on Saturday? Yeah, uh, tough loss. You know, I mean, it's uh, looking at the table. Of course, uh, everybody expects us to to get something there. But looking at the squad, looking the way they played, I mean, they definitely uh, not a team which should be that low. Um, however, I don't want to make any excuses. You know, we, we all hate to lose some games and we didn't really defend that well in the box as we should have. And there was lots of little details, a lot of little calls, which, which didn't go our way. Um, in the end of the day, we still on top of the league. Uh, and you mentioned it, uh, LA Galaxy, uh, an important game coming up and then another away game in Houston. So it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, run of games we have now. Nothing is easy anymore. But it's, it's all up to us. In the end of the day, we're having a, a six points or seven points lead now, and um, it's up to us to really pick up some points and, and stay on the sunny side of life. Of course, I have to ask you about the fan support, the thousands of fans that showed up to the game this past weekend. I mean, what does that feel for you just to see the amount of people support going out to events like that in games and to really bolster that supporter section? It must feel good because it's just all the years behind the scenes you're seeing pay off. Yeah, it wasn't you know it wasn't just the, the, this one section. I think there was so much uh, city red all over the stadium, spread out. Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, to uh, couldn't really expect that, but that, that shows uh, what great support uh, we have. And you know, I really felt sorry for every single fan who, who drove all the way up there, and then you know, coming back empty-handed, it hurts even more. So just the same feeling what, what we got when we came back here. Um, so yeah, that that's the that's the, the the bad thing about it. On the other side, of course, you know, like uh, thank you to everybody who actually made that journey. And it, I always used to uh, this word. I think I created myself unconditional support. Uh, mm-hmm. I think people usually say unconditional love. I use it as unconditional support. <laughs> uh, that's what we're feeling when we're playing at home and looking at the away games, uh, which are doable for fans, like uh, away to Chicago, but now especially against. Uh, Kansas, I think, um, yeah, absolutely amazing. And uh, I think that's probably be the only team like that support in the MLS. Lute, City 2 has won six of their last eight games. How important is it for those young players to, to continue to have success? And, and what do you look for in order for those guys to actually come up and be on the City team? Yeah, you know, I thought actually over the uh, – we didn't have the greatest of starts, but uh, it had also to do with, um, I would call it, uh, yeah, reward yourself because they played already very good in the start of the season, but always, uh, you know, losing by one goal or going into penalties. Now, uh, after having a bit of a knock uh, when we played away to LA Galaxy, which was a terrible game, I think, since then we are unbeaten, really playing well. And now the goal's coming in, the individual performance is getting better. I think there's a big group of players uh, which uh, which obviously has the potential to, to, to play uh, in the first team as well. Sooner or later, uh, there is lots of academy players which are, uh, uh, yeah, our kids, uh, the kids we picked up one, two, three years ago uh, when I came and, and they're still in the system. And uh, I think it's just very important to have that that uh, under-23 team uh, just below the professional team to, to grow as a professional and, 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 and get ready for that moment. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm actually a, a strong believer that the MLS Next Pro is a, a perfect league uh, for MLS clubs to develop their own talent. Lutz Fonenstiel with us on 101 ESPN. He's the sporting director for St. Louis City SC. Uh, I'm continually impressed by the performance of Samuel Adinaran, and I want to know what you thought when you signed him. Did, did you think that you were getting what you've gotten out of Adinaran when you when you brought him here? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that's why we signed him. Uh, to be honest, you know, it was not like just some... Uh, signing or let we need another striker. Let's just try to to see what's on the market. Well, we looked at him for. Uh, I think we played we played against Tacoma in uh, in, in April or May, uh, in March or April last year, when he still played for Tacoma, which was basically the second team of Seattle in the next pro. And that guy really ripped us apart in a certain moment. We still won the game, but I remember I really keep him on the track. Yeah? And then he got loaned out to San Antonio. Coincidentally, one of my best friends who I played together with in, in Vancouver, uh, Alan Marcina, is the, the, the head coach of San Antonio. So I had uh, the best information I could get because I watched every game and I, I called Alan a lot. And that was very early we decided to go for Sam because I think he has something special. The speed, the strength, uh, his physique, uh, you know, is uh, is one thing, but also sometimes the the unexpected things, the way he finishes, uh, is another one. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I expected that that he's capable of that. And after having a rocky start, and, and and I sent him back out on loan to San Antonio to get his confidence back. I mean, the moment he came back and knocked on the door, I think uh, you know he, he he seems to be unstoppable, and I think that. Uh, a very important player at the moment for us to have. Lutz, I, I, when you're evaluating players, like you said about Sam and Dineron, when you're looking at them, you obviously see the skill set, the talent, the speed, you know, the size, the ability. How do you evaluate the, the mental aspect of the game? Are they willing to do all of the things? Are they going to be able to push through when things get hard? How do you evaluate that part of their game? Yeah, I mean, you do see a lot, obviously, how uh, the, the behavior is on the field where you can get a, a lot of information about the mentality part. But, you know, that comes also that you, you need to talk to the right people. You need to talk to people who know the, the player on a personal level. I mean, so I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I mean, I'm coming with a, a recruitment background. I literally want to know what they eat for breakfast, uh, what movies they watch, uh, how many girlfriends they have. I want to literally know everything. You know, and, uh, and if I if I know if I know how his mother and his father think, and I know what kind of friends he have, and I know um, how he behaves, not on the pitch but off the pitch, then that gives me a clear indication if it's a, if it's a kid which fits into our mentality or our our I would call our DNA we have here at the club, and that's yeah, you're perfectly right. It's you know there is lots of good players out there. But not every player who is good actually fits uh, into our ways of playing and into our kind of, I would call it, group behavior. And that's why we are really focused on that mental part, on that psychology part, or just simply the way uh, a player is as a human being. Hypothetically, if a player has four girlfriends, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> That's a very, very bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. That's that's good to know. I think that that's that's very uh, very astute of you, Lutz. There's something else that I want to ask you about, kind of switching gears. But the U.S. Men's National Team is in town, and head coach Greg Berhalter he had a quote yesterday that I think isn't controversial here, but of course it got some attention outside of St. Louis. He said, "Growing up in the United States, we've always." 
always viewed St. Louis as the soccer capital of the United States. Now, here, I don't think that's a controversial take because we know the rich history, and I know you do as well, but it seems like other people seem to be confused by that. But I know that you and I have spoken about this before, about the rich history here in St. Louis. What were your thoughts on his statement? You know, I mean, I I know Greg very well, and I played against Greg a lot of times in Germany when he was still there. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's um, just coming into St. Louis, and I think Greg was here when when we played against the Vancouver Whitecaps because his son plays for the Whitecaps. So I think he's very well aware, being an MLS coach before, what kind of special atmosphere we have here, not just in the stadium but around the stadium, with the training facility, everything here. Uh, in, in, in the in the center of the city, so uh, you know, I mean, whatever whatever people uh, in, in the north or I don't know if Kansas is in the north or not think. Uh, well, for me, that it's not a question that uh, St. Louis is the real capital of soccer in in, in the country, and uh, and that is the vibe and the feeling we get, and and that's what 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 we're working all together. And I think it's it's a pure kind of community feeling we created here. I mean, that feeling is here since a long, long time. That feeling is here since since ages, but now with the MLS team in place and, and with all that, uh, that that games week in, week out, I think it's just people feel it even more. And, yeah, I think we are very proud to be called the soccer capital of the United States. Hey, Lutz, before we let you go, aside from the challenge of just going out to the West Coast and playing LA Galaxy out there, what challenges does your team face this weekend? Yeah, most importantly, uh, don't look at the table uh, because uh, easily blindsided again. You know, LA Galaxy had a terrible start in the season. They nothing really went their way, but uh, uh, they they at the moment you're looking at the form table. They're one of the top teams actually in the country. The quality of player players they have individually, it's it, it, it's not a question. So, LA Galaxy is a team who can beat anybody. But when they were here, I think uh, we all showed that we are capable of beating them. It's always difficult uh, to go to LA, but uh, you know I think we we definitely uh, will do our best. Uh, we know we're playing against a very technical team, a very skillful team, uh, but we like to play against these kind of teams because we are somehow a team which likes to fight, a team which likes to play a very opposite style what they do, and they have a possession-based style. We have more uh, very much on, on pressing transition-based style, so it's two football worlds somehow crashing or clashing. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to go to L.A. Thank you, sir. We always enjoy having you on the show. We do appreciate it. Go get him against L.A., and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Lutz Fadensteel, he is the sporting director for Sporting KC, and what a magnificent job he's done. Yes. Ooh, we didn't introduce him correctly. We got to do it better next time. Oh, oh yeah, Lutz. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I like the four girlfriends thing. I think that's very important. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> he likes to know how many girlfriends they have. I think that's a good, it, good it, little it, bit of knowledge. <laughs> four girlfriends is better than one wife and one girlfriend. That's just my opinion. Oh. <laughs> In that yeah. case, four yeah. is obviously better yeah. than two, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. as our late great friend Chris Duncan would say, you, you just want to know what the confidence level of the guy is. <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Yeah. Coming up, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carriker. 
Gavin. It is time for the fight. We have a fighter in studio today. Gavin. I'm ready. I'm ready. Doing? I'm ready again. Are you, I'm you're ready. in studio. You're ready to take on Randy Carrico. So you get to peek <laughs> behind the curtains and get to see exactly how this thing goes down. Oh, yeah. Um, are you Are you ready? Because I'm uh, I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay, well, right this now. is you know people say that, and then Randy comes in, and you'll see him. He's gonna have a propel or a Mountain Dew. If he has a Mountain Dew, <laughs> or good a luck snack. to you. Yeah, yeah. 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 bananas sometimes. Do. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one. Should brought a wing for him. That you, you, that'll oh. slow him down. Now, yes, you're thinking. And All by right. the way, Kevin, can you explain why you're here and what you're promoting today? Yeah, so um, I am with UCP Heartland. We are a non-for-profit organization here in St. Louis that supports children and adults with disabilities and why I'm here today is we do a annual wingding event it's our 13th annual wingding and we support um, all the benefits go to our clients and we have 13 competing restaurants um, it's a lot of fun it's at the factory it's coming up on this coming Tuesday actually it's $30 uh, all you can eat wings for 30 bucks and love to see you guys there Oh, you might see me there. Yes. <laughs> oh, CD, I went last year, and it was delicious. Uh, I got to take care of myself, but that might be a day I'd just say the heck with it. All right, Kevin, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. The NFL record for pass touchdowns in a game is seven, but the record for a half is six. Which current starting quarterback holds that record? Is it Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Right. I'm just going to go with my gut. All right. you know, like Final said. answer. The last time the U.S. team won the Ryder Cup away from American soil was 1993. Which country was the tournament held that year? Which country was the tournament held that year? Was it Scotland, Spain, or England? I'm going to go Scotland. <laughs> I don't feel good about that. <laughs> All right. Which Hall of Fame running back has the most career touchdowns without recording a receiving touchdown? Is it Jerome Bettis, Earl Campbell, or Franco Harris? Jerome Bettis. The boss. Who is the last school to win the college football national championship without playing in their conference championship? Is it Georgia, LSU, or Alabama? I'm going to go Alabama. They seem to always get in somehow, right? All right. You got. Uh, All right, we're we going to double check the score and yeah. we will bring her in to character. I'm going to do it over there. All right. You, Kevin, how, how do you feel? Um, all right. We'll, we'll is say, it, just say that. Is it, <laughs> is it more nerve wracking in person? Like, is, is this what you expected it to be? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All oh, right. yeah. I'm well, ready for yeah. Let's see what I he has in his um, Mega Mind. He's got a propel. Two for two. And, a, and a banana. He's got a propel, though. Yeah, he does. He's not a Mountain Dew. No. You got a chance. <laughs> if you had a Mountain Dew, you 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 wouldn't have a chance. That's just how it goes around here. Randy, say hello to Kevin. Kevin, good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Randy. How are you? Good. I'm excited about the wing ding next week. Yes, yes. Mm. I'm a judge. Oh. Ooh. What is really? going to be your criteria for a good wing? Ooh. Uh well, the one that tastes the best to me. <laughs> is, it, is it taste, texture, the size of the wing, the amount of meat, the, uh, the sauce yeah, or dry? Uh, the sauce is of paramount importance. Okay. It's hard to the, all of these restaurants have great wings. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be great. So yeah, it's it's taste and and uh, texture of. So so are you are you a taste are you a judge that's going to taste the wing, and then spit it out? Or are you going <laughs> to? No. no, I'm a wing eater. I'm a wing eater. So finish it all. in the traditional category, I believe. Yep, if I'm yep, correct. So that's good. All right, here we go, Randy. All right, 
The NFL record for pass touchdowns in a game is seven, but the record for a half is six. Which current starting quarterback holds that record? I think Aaron Rodgers did that in a Sunday night game. I, I think it was. I think the Packers killed somebody. Well, he would have if he had, had six touchdown passes in half. Uh, so I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. All right. The last time the U.S. team won the Ryder Cup away from American soil was 1993. Hmm. Which country was the tournament held in that year? Uh, I will say that uh, they did it in Scotland. I'm going to go with Scotland. Does that count as a country? Was that one of the I, choices? I'll hey, go I mean, we're not supposed to I can't. I can't. Okay, we, UK. We, against <laughs> any. If I go, Scotland it's against rules. Huh? Scotland, <laughs> there you go. That's okay, what he Scotland said. Oh, okay, we'll, get, we'll get text in saying we were helping you, which, Randy. Okay, which Hall of Fame running back has the most career touchdowns without recording a receiving touchdown? Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'll do the old lifeline here. Jerome Bettis, oh. Errol Campbell, Franco Harris. I'm going to go with uh, with Franco. I'm pretty sure Jerome Bettis had a receiving touchdown. Campbell, I know they, I know he caught passes. I don't know if he caught a touchdown pass. But the Steelers just did not throw the ball very much in that era. So I'm going to I'll go with Franco just based on when he played. All right. Who is the last school to win the college football national championship without playing in their conference championship? Okay, pretty sure this would have been an SEC team, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And when we had the controversy, and I don't remember if it was... I, I, I think Alabama got in... Was it LSU, or was it LSU got in? It's one of those two. It's a coin flip uh, for me. And would it have been the less miles LSU team? I I don't think so. I think it was Alabama uh, because they would have got in on perception alone. Um, so I'm going to go with the chalk here because they've won so many championships. And go with the Alabama Crimson Tide in the year that uh, that guy uh, Cardale Jones was playing quarterback for. Or maybe he won. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with Alabama. I'm going to borrow this, Kevin. Um, I'm going to give it back, though. Because we have a tie. All right, low tie. <laughs> Randy heard that when he said borrow it. So we have a tie today. The uh, rules, really quickly, Kevin, because I have you right here. It's I'm going to read out the tiebreaker question. Randy gets a moment to write down his answer. We will then let you answer it audibly, and then Randy will uh, follow up with his answer, and then who's ever closest to the pin is going to be the winner of this fight. Do you understand those rules? Yes, sir. Randy, do you have paper? Got paper? Got All right. Yep. I'm going to give this. Uh, yeah, we, we can just do this right here. Okay, here we go. The Jets are hoping Aaron Rodgers can help them end help them end the longest active playoff drought in pro sports. How many seasons has it been since the JETS Jets played a postseason game? How many full seasons has it been since the JETS Jets have played a full postseason game? I guess actually, Randy Carricker, don't show me. Show just carry, I guess. This is tricky, actually. Okay, I see it. Okay, he's he got can it written answer. down. He can't change it. He now, can Kevin, it. what is your yeah. answer? I don't know why, but 17 sticks out to me. Okay. Would you like to show your answer now, Randy? I shall. Okay. Yeah, my answer is uh, 
10, <laughs> ten, ten years. All right. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> the old uh, Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan stuff. We have a winner in today's fight. Was the wing ding representative able to come in here and trounce Randy? If he wins, by the way, you get no wings. Or, <laughs> or is Randy Carricker both going to be a winner today and a winner next Tuesday when he's stuffing his face with all those wings at wing ding? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? <laughs> he's, he, he's being very mean right now, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin can't hear all of the sound effects. I don't get a chance to defend that right. Extra mean, in my opinion. Kevin, unfortunately, the Jets have gone 12 seasons Ooh. without playing in a playoff game. The longest active playoff drought in pro sports, thanks to the Sacramento Kings that finally changes making a playoffs. Aaron Rodgers. It'll, it'll, we'll see if mm-hmm. it does. So Randy with 10 is closest to the pin. He wins today's fight. Before, let's go through those answers really quickly. The NFL record for a pass TDs in a game is 7, but the record for a half is 6, and it was, in fact, Aaron Rodgers in a Sunday night victory. The last time the U.S. won the Ryder Cup away from American soil was 1993. And again, with sports, the U.K is four different countries. It is not just one. England is the correct answer the mm. last time they won the Ryder Cup. Four countries. Oh, go ahead. Um, which four whole, countries. Scotland, uh, England, what are the other two? Wales. Ireland. And Nor- Northern Ireland Northern is part Ireland. of okay, the UK. Wales. Randy, huh? immaculate reception. Which oh. Hall of Fame running oh. back has the most career touchdowns <laughs> without recording or receiving TD? That was in the uh, playoffs. Franco, yeah, this is regular oh, season numbers. Okay. Franco Harris has six. Jerome Bettis has three. Earl Campbell, Goose Edge, has 76 total, the highest for a running back without a single receiving touchdown. And the last school to win the College Football National Championship without playing in their conference championship was, in fact, Alabama. It was Georgia and Auburn who played in the SEC championship Auburn. game. Auburn and Alabama split the West Championship, but Auburn, by nature of winning the Iron Bowl that year, went on to play in the SEC championship championship game and then Alabama went on to win Kevin thank you so much for playing but unfortunately Randy Carricker wins and well. how can get, how can people get tickets for the wingding next yeah. Tuesday so um you can either go to UCP Heartland social media and go to our Facebook we have an event page you can go there or you can go to www.ucpheartland slash wingding and you can buy your tickets it's $30 for all you can uh, all you can eat we have VIP tickets still available um, they're slowly selling out so make sure to get those VIP tickets and uh, we're very thankful for you guys Randy and uh, very thankful for Tums being a sponsor this year again, being our title sponsor, and love for everyone to come out to the factory on Tuesday. I will be there. I will. I will have a lot of wings. I promise. <laughs> I'll, I'll be great testing for you. We're excited. We have 13 restaurants. Uh, a lot of from Chicken Out, Cybergs, Joey B's, Felix's. A lot of great restaurants. Fantastic. So we're excited. Great. So thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you guys. All right. See you later, Kevin. From good job, Kevin. Yeah, from UCP Heartland and against UCPHeartland.com or org. Org, uh, ucpheartland.org. Get involved with the Wing Ding next Tuesday night and have some great wings. Coming up, we've got our bird watch on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Time for some bird watch because the Cardinals did beat the Braves last night, ten to six. Hey. So the Cardinals are 
Cardinals yeah, got that going for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. July, July. We got 20, 20 what happened 25 games left. No. Carry. Carry. They, they I, had an, I had an ally. In my pessimism. Yeah, listen, I'm still What there happened with to you, you over the last hour and a half? I'm still there with you. Okay. Don't, 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 don't let it confuse you. <laughs> Who's the most pessimistic person at this station? Oh, Matthew Ooh. Rocchio. Oh. He hands <laughs> me down. I, I think Ferrario's pretty. I, was, uh, I think, no. You think Alex is? Yeah. I think BK is a yeah, second. Yeah, but he has the... Alex has like the bright light of a family yeah. keeping him going. Okay. The bright light of a family. The Rock is number one. <laughs> BK Tanner, has BK know. has Tanner is just he's nice. He's 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 so kind. Yeah, is he T Bone or Tan Man now? Well, I, did they change his? I think it's Tan Man. Okay. Really? I mean, yeah, you haven't heard his, them say that? No. Well, he's Tan Man now. What was the nickname they gave him? Oh, was okay. that the Tan Man? It's been T Bone forever. Yeah, Tan Man. Yeah. Okay. Damn, so man. it can't be any of the either of the afternoon guys or Marshy. No, so I, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't see Tan Man as negative at all. Actually, is is is, is Jackson no. negative mm. on certain topics? Um, no. Rock is you, no. buddy. It's just you. You're by. Yeah. You're in a in a class all your own. Yeah. Okay. You ever, it's okay. Have you, have you been ever have you been able to say that before about something? You're in a class all by yourself. You are number not one. Not a good way. Hey, not this a is good not a good way. <laughs> really hasn't been a good run. <laughs> you are. You are by yourself, man. There you go. Yeah. All right. So let's do a uh, let's do a bird watch here. Okay. My bird watch is going to be Jordan Walker, guys. We we've been talking about him, obviously, because you should. If there's something that you are watching this season, the rest of the season for the Cardinals, to me it's Jordan Walker and to see his progression because it's super exciting. And we saw last night, 15th home run of the season for Walker, three hit night for him. Uh, last seven games, 15 for 25, four home runs, three doubles, nine RBI. And guys, this was a special occasion for him last night because he's from Georgia. He had his family in attendance, including Grandma Deary, which it just melted my heart. And I love family interviews. So this is what his parents had to say about being able to witness this moment with Jordan Walker. There are no words. (laughs) I would say I'm an English teacher. I'm at a loss for words. So, I mean, it's nothing that you can ever imagine. You just hope that all of your kids, you hope that your kids find a passion and that they do it at the highest level. And so there's just so much joy, but that's exactly what he's doing. Derek, I would imagine seeing him out there is one thing, but he also has an RBI double and a home run. That's pretty special. First time back here. Absolutely. I think that's pretty special. I'll tell him why he didn't hit a home run the first time when I see him. But no, just joking. I am super, super excited. I, I couldn't imagine him actually playing on this field when he was a little kid coming out and watching the games. Just the thought that he's out there, he had already won just by stepping out the dugout in my mind. So anything else was gravy for me. Oh, I, yeah, I awesome. love those interviews so much. And that was Jim Hayes, of course, doing the interview with his parents. And then they had Grandma Deary right beside. And he even said in his postgame comments to Jim Hayes that he looked up trying to find Grandma Deary mm-hmm. and his parents up there. Uh, it's not hard to understand why Jordan Walker is such a mature young man and how he's really handling all this noise. His parents talked about that too, about how he's really able to kind of split up all this outside noise and not let it get to him too much and just kind of rise above all of it. And you're seeing that in him. He's so mature. His parents are fantastic. And I'm happy that Grandma Deary got to witness that. He's a very grounded young man, well-rounded. He talked about his grandfather who passed away who really got him into baseball and and was the reason... 
kind of the catalyst to get him into baseball, saying he wish he, he wishes he was here. But I'm sure he's watching and paying attention because that yes. is a spectacular moment to be able to go home in front of your family, your friends, and Where have that started. type of performance. Yeah. And, and he's been playing lights out, you know, the last week and a half. It's been really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the rest of baseball is thinking that he was the 20th pick in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> right. so but in that same draft, the guy who's pitching for Atlanta, Spencer Strider tonight, he was a fourth rounder. Yeah, yeah. So what a messed up draft the, the COVID draft was. But the so much talent yep, in that draft. Right. The organizations that really worked it got some really good players out. Of you it. never know mm-hmm. when you're drafting. You just you hope you evaluate. But you don't. You're not able to to really get inside someone's brain and understand mm-hmm. how they handle adversity, how they're going to mature and grow in a game. It's it's all a crapshoot at times, and it's it's difficult. And hopefully, mm-hmm. you get a Spencer Strider, or you get a Jordan Walker, and you can hit on those guys, and you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say, "Look what I did! Look yeah. what, look what we were able to do!" Yeah. So he's been really good for him. I'm going to go with Miles Michaelis. He got his first win last night in nine starts. Much needed. Got off to a bit of a rocky start, giving up a home run and not. uh, I think this Cardinals team, I think when we watch this team, if you give up a run in the first inning, we're tending to just kind of, oh, here we go again. Uh, But was able to get some things corrected. Six innings, six and two-thirds innings, eight hits allowed, three on runs. Um, I'm sure if you were to ask Miles Michaelis, it probably, probably has felt like, you know, almost a year since his last victory. Though each start, it just piles on and piles on. So first win in a in a month and a half, really, to to get him going in the right direction. Good for him. Good for the Cardinals. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're still trying to sort this this pitching staff out for 2024. I think Miles Michaelis is going to continue to perform well at the level that he needs to and get back on the track, right track of things. So it was good for him to get that win last yeah, night. Yeah, they need him. I mean, he's, much needed. Yeah, he, he's your. Twenty million dollar a year guy, so he's he's your number two. So he's got to he's got to win more than once every ten starts. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do you think that he felt like probably maybe a little bit more relaxed last night because they were actually able to the offense was able to give him like a lead and he was like, man, this is what is this? What is this? Yeah. What's going <laughs> so on? Here? The other starting pitchers are in the dugout. <laughs> like, uh, can you do that for me? Seriously, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> wow. Guys, we're going to get an opportunity to see Matthew Libertor working out of the bullpen now. He only had one game down in Memphis, but it was not great. Three and two-thirds. He allows five runs on four hits. All of the runs were earned. Uh, and he walked a bunch of guys. He walked five, and he struck out five. But he needs to have better control, and he needs to be more consistent. If we can pick on one thing about Matthew Libertor, we know that he's got a ton of talent, but he just needs to find his way with his control, especially if he's going to be working out of the bullpen. And I have a tendency to think that now, for this last month of the season, this is make or break time for Matthew Libertor. He gets an opportunity. I'm sure they've already made their decision about uh, Zach Thompson. And now Matthew Libertor gets the opportunity, unfortunately for him, out of the bullpen to show what he's capable of. I really think this is a huge month for him. Well, well, I don't even know if it's unfortunate because it's an opportunity to be on the roster. And he probably, you know, I think Zach Thompson has worked his way in. I think Dakota Hudson has worked his way in. Miles Michaelis, we still got to see. Steven Matz is, is probably mm-hmm. there because of the money that he's making. But Matthew Libertor being in that bullpen, we understand the importance of the bullpen and how, how much they struggled this year and how much how, how they didn't have any flexibility to move people and move pieces up and down to, to keep those relievers fresh. So 
it's an opportunity to be in the bullpen and to be a, a middle reliever and to maybe work your way into the starting rotation if you perform well, similar to what um, uh, Matt's did when he had to go mm-hmm. to the bullpen. It's an opportunity. You have to take care of your business or you won't have any business to take care of if you're not performing well. So hopefully this is a situation where he gets right, he's back healthy, and he can perform at the level that we need him to uh, for the for the rest of this season and going into 2024. Yeah, and you never know, as you mentioned there with Steven Matz, the Steven Matz before going on the injured list, if you can have that Steven Matz moving forward, I think that would be fantastic, and hopefully he'll be able to do that. And with Matthew Libertor, this is not great right now with what's happening with him, but maybe in the future he can can you know maybe provide some length for this team in the bullpen and you need bullpen pieces for next season we've talked about that so much you need some bullpen pieces and we also have to keep in mind because we are a microwave society he turns 24 in november matthew libertor does he's a very very young still young yes you'd hate to see him go somewhere left-handed pitchers take some time you'd hate to see him go somewhere and turn into a star there you got uh zach thompson watching clayton kershaw who should libertor be watching the Uh, big unit uh i think old andrew miller i was gonna say i was gonna say this is it's starting to come more and more like yeah like the not the old andrew miller no no no, good (laughs) deal the 2016 (laughs) andrew miller the indians at the time yeah All right, that is our bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the rush hour reset. The Cardinals are going to win the World Series. We'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Your St. Louis Cardinals with a big 10-6 win over the Braves last night in Atlanta. Braves have the best record in the National League. And if you beat the team with the best record in the National League, what's that make you? Best team in the National League. No, 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 no. No, no. Can you tell me the records of these two teams? Uh, The Cardinals are 60 and 78. Okay. The Braves are 90 and 47. We're right I feel like there. there's a difference. What right feel there. like there's hey, a difference? What have you done for me lately? Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is that what this is? Uh-huh. If only if only it uh-huh. worked that way, huh? <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, but here's the thing. The Braves are great right now. The Cardinals have a great future because of one J Dub. That's loud and hit to center. Harris on the run, still going. That ball is gone. 15th home run for Walker. The Cardinals have hit three of them so far. Uh, here's what we got to know. Tra-la, tra-la. Tra-la, tra-la. Tra-la, tra-la. Uh, Jordan Walker grew up in Atlanta mm-hmm. and uh, pretty excited about being able to go in and beat the Braves. Oh, it's amazing, man. Um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, going coming to games here, uh, watching games here. So finally getting the opportunity to play, let alone, you know, win a game here, man. It, it feels really tremendous. Good for him and good for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, really with good. Jordan Walker, what he's been doing, especially lately, you're just seeing him really become a lot more confident in his abilities and more comfortable here at the major league level. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the last segment with the bird watch, but in his last seven games, he's gone 15 to 25 with four home runs and nine RBIs. And 
I think that he just continues to grow and get more comfortable, especially defensively and offensively. He's getting around what you hope that you he would be able to do. He is spectacular. You're watching him at the plate. You're watching him grow as a fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing him make throws, make plays out in the field, sliding, diving for catches. It's It's really all coming together for him. And it, it's fun to be able to watch it in real time. It, it's just his his approach at the plate has been really good. Not he he hasn't been uh, falling to one knee trying to lift the ball in the air. It was kind of <laughs> remind. What I told you one of my favorite movies is Major League. Willie May Hay, Willie Mays Hayes was yeah. was trying to knock the ball out of the park, <laughs> falling to a knee and popping it straight up. And so that th- he was practicing launch angle way back then and oh. they hit the ball on the ground and run. <laughs> Jordan Walker is driving the ball into all fields, driving it to, to deep center field. His last couple of home runs have been really fun to watch. And again, he, you're watching the maturation of a really good athlete learning how to play the game uh, and it's becoming it's fun to watch tonight the Cardinals will face Spencer Strider he is 16 and 4 with a 3.56 earned run average he is averaging a league high 13.8 strikeouts per nine innings over under Spencer Strider strikeouts tonight 13 oh man under Okay. No, I, 13 I strikeouts. Don't know. I feel like sometimes yeah. with the offense, and this is the only thing I'm going to say, I feel like with the Cardinals' offense sometimes, when they have a big game like last night, I don't know if you always get the same follow up performance. That stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it's going to be over then? Let's see. Maybe right at that. Come on. Uh, 13 strikeouts, they're, they're going to score one run. So last year he had a 12 strikeout game against the Cardinals. There, oh. and then I ten. He, How about ten for tonight? That's, okay, so you're going to go under. I'm going under. Yeah. You said thirteen and a half. Thirteen. Uh, thir- I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'll go twelve and a half. Okay, I'm still going under. I'm going to say ten, so I'm going to do I'll under. Give him okay. seven or eight. Uh, the game here, he only had seven. See, there you so, go. Only. <laughs> yeah, but he. How did. many punch outs did Michaelis have last night? Like two. Yeah. And like eight round yeah, outs. Uh, Spencer Strider, John Mozeliak is saying, I want one of those. Yeah, that's <laughs> where do you find one of those? Yeah, that, yeah. Well, how much the, does that cost? <laughs> Way develop. more than you're willing to spend, yep. buddy. Yep, develop, <laughs> right, develop. Right, right. Yes. We have uh, the opener of the NFL season tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN Chiefs and Lions. On Monday, Travis Kelsey had to leave the Chiefs' practice with what was feared to be an ACL injury. Now they're saying that the ACL is intact, but he, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, what about Kelsey's status for tomorrow? No, no, they're just, they're looking at it now. So I just, you know, just see how it goes. He doesn't have any idea. The question was, any idea about Kelsey's status? He said no, but it would seem to be better safe than sorry in game one of 17. You want to know how much of a business football is? May I tell you all, for those that don't know, when a player gets injured, doesn't matter who that player is. Only time I've ever heard of a player getting injured in practice that they stopped the practice was Teddy Bridgewater when he tore his knee up mm-hmm. in the manner in which he did. When people get injured on a football field, the trainer comes out, coach goes over, takes a look at him, and then they say, hey, move the drill down 20 yards. <laughs> L- literally. <Wow. laughs> it's it's He's hurt. Ain't nothing we can do about it. We got to finish this thing on practice. Move the drill down 20 yards. <laughs> We'll we'll finish our drill with him behind us. That is, and and it's the nature of the business. That's why it's so important to not get injured, to stay Mm -hmm. healthy. And if you are injured in Travis Kelsey's situation right now, you got to be healthy, completely healthy before you come back out there. I don't think he'll play tomorrow. 
whether it's a knee, a hyperextended knee, or maybe hopefully nothing worse than that. They say the ACL is intact, but you got a other a lot of other ligaments in there: LCL, PCL, MCL that could be you know damaged. So hopefully all of that is intact. Everything is okay. Probably a little swelling, um, but he'll be back to normal here in about seven to ten days, playing week two. But that's the nature of the business. I mean, mm-hmm. he got the. If you listen to that whole cut, he talks about the the, the injury to Kelsey, and we had a good practice today. That that's the mm-hmm. next statement out of his mouth. It's like, yeah, it's football, man. People get hurt all mm-hmm. the time. We got to keep going because guess who doesn't care that Travis Kelsey is hurt? Detroit. The Detroit yes. Lions. And then, you know what? If he does play tomorrow, they're going to be biting his yeah, kneecap. They, they literally exactly. trying to through, yeah. the, through the face mask. That's what I'm saying. I think that you're right, CD. The best option that they should do is not play him. And I'm sure he wants to. He wants to play. You know, you've been in those situations. Oh, yeah. You want to play. But when you were looking at long term for the rest of the season, you know how essential Travis Kelsey is to this offense and to Patrick Mahomes' success. You need him for the rest yep. of the season. We need to get Mel Gray on the show sometime. One time against Dallas, he limped off the field really bad and missed a play and then limped back into the huddle and then took off on a go-round. 75 yeah. yards later, touchdown. He was fine. I pretty cool. That is your Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. Next up, should the Cardinals go full youth movement or is re-signing Paul Goldschmidt going into his age 37 season the best way to return to a winning plan? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Okay, so we get to the 2025 baseball season. Actually, we get to the end of next season. Paul Goldschmidt is a pending free agent, okay? And let's just presume that he has the exact same year that he's going to have this year, okay? Uh, And and it has not been what last year was, where he won the MVP. Goldie, this year, a very representative 817 OPS, 22 homers, 71 RBIs. So let's figure that Goldie for the year hits... 26 drives in 85 does the same thing next year with the same ops of 817 okay but after next year you know that you're going to have a new center fielder right uh you know that jordan walker is going to be in the outfield you're probably going to have uh tommy edmund somewhere in the outfield so victor scott tommy edmund Jordan Walker, you're going to have win on the infield. Maybe you move Edmund back. The question being, if you have, and you're going to have Newt, all right? Mm -hmm. The question being, do you move Jordan Walker into first base after next year and let Goldie walk and go youth movement? Or do you bring Goldie back and try to have that leadership and production and accomplishment on your roster? I think it depends on what the season looks like next year. He'll be 37 after the 2024 season. And so does it make sense for the Cardinals to sign him to a two- to three-year deal? Because you don't know. I, it, it really mm-hmm. depends on what he looks like next season, and which is part of the reason why I was saying you want highest value or best value for him. It would have been this past trade deadline, but they were unwilling to make that deal. They didn't feel like that was the move. I, because that would really be a, a sign that you're selling and, and really building for the future. And I didn't see a contender that was really in the market for a premier first baseman. Well, I, I mean, DH first baseman, I, I'm sure a former MVP just a year removed from that, someone would have 
put some money towards that or, or put some picks or something that the Cardinals could have got back in return. But they, were, they weren't willing to do that, and, and you have to understand that. But after the 2024 season, it really just depends on – his level of play and, and what you're willing to spend on him and who you have to replace him. If you still have Nolan Gorman on the roster, maybe he's your first baseman. Maybe that's a, a position he can slide to, and now you don't have as many issues in the infield. You can play Brendan Donovan there. You can play t- uh, Tommy Edmond there. It just depends on how next season goes and what the Cardinals are truly trying to get out of it. But I, I think next year is an important year for Paul Goldschmidt in terms of his opportunity to win a championship here in St. Louis. I think it's it's tough because the youth movement, I think, is very important. We're already starting to usher that in with Jordan Walker, with Mason Wynn, with Nolan Gorman, and Nolan Gorman making strides this season. And so it'll be interesting to see what Walker and Mason Wynn do this offseason and what strides that they'll make going into next year. I think it's so important that they've gotten them this playing time. And then you're going to add Tink Henson to that conversation mm-hmm. possibly next season. And then Victor Scott into that conversation next season, too. And... My thing is, though, that you need to have that nice balance. You have to have that veteran presence while ushering in this new youth movement because it's important. But playing devil's advocate on the other side of it, something that does concern me a little bit is September numbers, especially if you look at last season and even going into now September. But I'm saying if you look at this past August for Paul Goldschmidt, you're starting to see kind of that steady decline when in the second half of mm-hmm. the season with Paul Goldschmidt. That's something that concerns me because what happened in the postseason last year? By the time we got to the postseason last year, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt weren't doing what you needed from them. And that is a little bit of a concern to for mm-hmm. me. I think Arenado obviously has a little bit more time. Paul Goldschmidt, I worry about that decline that you're starting to see. And that comes with age. Like nobody can beat father time. Nobody can. Father Time is undefeated, Brooke. Yes. So then the question becomes, presuming you allow Goldie just to walk. And by the way, I, I think when the Cardinals signed him to the five-year contract, I think that was the plan. We'll keep him till his age 37 season, and then he'll walk. You have incredible athleticism and might have gold-quality athleticism in Jordan Walker in right field. So do you go with Walker to first base? If Gorman is still around, your choice is obvious, because Gorman can play first. Right. Does Wilson Contreras become an option at first base? That could be a move as well. I, I personally, just based on what people, it, the frustrating part that, of me that I was receiving when people were talking so much about Jordan Walker and how he couldn't play right field, he's still learning the position, and you see how well he can play it. I don't think you'd put that athleticism at first base. I think you allow him to continue to grow in right I field. I agree with you. And yes. allow him to be who he's going to be, strong arm. You won't even get to see the arm if he's at first base. So, Keep him in right field. If Nolan Gorman is on the roster, he can be your first baseman if Paul Goldschmidt isn't here. And and you have opportunities. I mean, Wilson Contreras is another guy that you could put there also. So I don't want to see Baker. Paul, Luke and Baker if he's, <laughs> if he's hitting the ball well because he's going to have to hit. He's hitting in minor leagues, but he hasn't hit as well here. Um, but I, I definitely – I don't want to see Paul Goldschmidt leave, but I think people, fans need to be realistic about it, and and the Cardinals organization needs to be realistic about it. A 37, going to be 38-year-old that didn't perform well the previous year, if if he doesn't in 2024, you have to look at your options. And as much as I love Goldie, I learned my lesson, if I'm the Cardinals, from extending Matt Carpenter. Love the guy. But you, like Brooke said, Father Time is undefeated. And as good as he might be next year, he's way closer to falling off the cliff than he is right now. So there, I would not, and again, 
this is not an affront to Paul Goldschmidt. It's the fact that he's going to be a 37-year-old athlete. And I, I think the Cardinals need to be looking towards the future, and that's why I would go youth movement, too. I think and, it is. Yeah. yeah. And the logical guy, the Cardinals don't have a first baseman among their top 30 prospects. So the, the logical move would be Contreras or Gorman, if Gorman is still here. Yeah. Yes. And to even go with what I was saying earlier about, you know, having the veterans around, having some of that veteran presence around, of course, is still important. But then I think about this season how things happen, even having Nolan Arenado and Paul Paul Goldschmidt here. And I know that Adam Wainwright talked to us about how frustrating that was and how him and Paul Goldschmidt texted back and forth trying to rack their brains and figure out how did we get this point, how did we let this happen in our watch. I think that is also another concerning factor in this, is that this still was able to happen this season when you were ushering in some new players, because they talked about it. You heard Nolan say that. Nolan mentioned the youth. We've heard Ali Marmal mention that as well about the youth and that being a factor in some of the kind of growing pains that we have seen this season with the Cardinals and maybe mm-hmm. lack of success at times. And so then you also wonder how much that veteran presence actually maybe helps in this situation and if it actually is paying off. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, which teams are most likely to be underachievers and overachievers this year in the National Football League? That's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We invite you to watch us every day on YouTube. All you need to do is go to YouTube.com and then go to 101 ESPN STL. And so people complain. <laughs> when, Show us your face. <laughs> when, when Brooke's uh, computer screen is, is is not completely showing her face, people actually get upset. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? I don't know so, why. So I, I, have, I, I have, with great intention, moved my little camera so that you can't see my face. But guess how many people have complained about not being able to see my face? Uh, how many? We're over. <laughs> They don't care about us in, the way, in that manner. Think, right? I don't think we're, they do. We're, we're, I don't think we're so. We're just here. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to hide behind <laughs> the, the screen. We can't see your face, Brooke. You can't see all my wonderful what facial expressions. I do have a very expressive face, so yes, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they want to know what you're yeah, thinking. they want to know yeah. what you're thinking. There you go. <laughs> I want to know what they're thinking. All right, so is, <laughs> you know what they're I thinking. I didn't realize that just now just how good. little of Randy has been in the frame for the last segment. <laughs> I didn't even get to see it. It's so <laughs> funny. Nobody said anything. So I even put up on the thing. Why is anyone complaining about not being able to see my entire face? And then they just go on. To time out. Anyways, Nolan Gorman. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, until somebody puts it up on the YouTube, I'm, I'm going to keep my camera where it is. Charles Hutchins says he's upset he can't see Randy. Oh, okay, there, we there go. you go. Thanks, Charles. There we go. You upset okay. him for I'm back. I'm, I'm back, baby. Okay, so uh, let's take an over-under. Which teams are most likely to underachieve this year? For overachieving, who do we have among the Vikings, Bears, Jags, and Steelers? The Vikings plus 1,200 to win the NFC. The Bears plus 3,000 to win the NFC. And by the way, plus 430 to win the NFC North. The Jags plus 1,500 to win the AFC. And the Steelers plus 2,500 to win the AFC and plus 470 to win the AFC North. Which of those four is most likely to overachieve? Man, I think overachieve-wise, 
I might have to go with the Bears Ooh. on this one. Maybe. Just because I think Justin Fields is very intriguing, and I think the Bears have made some improvements. I was thinking the Vikings, because I think that would be mm-hmm. the obvious choice. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm like fully sold on the Vikings taking, continuing to take that next step. Um, I think that NFC North is going to be a little bit tougher than I think the Vikings take a step back because of all of the close wins they had yeah. last year. I think they had like mm. 10 or 11 yeah. uh, one possession wins. They're bad defense. And, and weren't really good. They So I, I'll see how – I'm intrigued to see how, how they adapt and they adjust. That NFC North, I think the Packers are going to be much better than people assume they will be because of Jordan Love. And I'm probably going to be a homer here, but if I'm going to pick a team that I think is underrated and has a chance to overachieve, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are a team that, despite how good Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals have been, despite how good we expect the uh, Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson to be, the Pittsburgh Steelers have one of the best defenses in the in the league. And Kenny Pickett is a young player in his second year who is going to take a step forward. George Pickens did a fantastic job last season and has continued to do a fantastic job all of training camp and, and in preseason games. They are a team that if Matt Canada decides to open things up and not just run drag routes and under routes and actually throw some digs and things over the middle 10 yards deep, they could be a really good football team. So I may go place a, a makeover Illinois and hmm. see about that Pittsburgh, 470 huh? for the AFC North uh, for it's, sure. I, I know. They're all very interesting. I think Steelers, Mike Tomlin's always the difference maker. I think that that's always a good choice to bet on him. The Jaguars also on this list. I just want to like say that's that's, that's intriguing. If we're picking people who you think might overachieve expectations, Trevor Lawrence is very interesting. The way that they have really set things up for his progression, he keeps getting better and better. And you guys know, I always, always make fun of the AFC South. It's always ready for the pickets, right? I, I, we live it every single season, Randy. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely was, painful. And I was gonna say, how does that feel? It's, it's very painful. Okay. It's, it's very, very painful. But it seems Could like the worse. Jags are actually okay. making fifteen some... and sixty-five. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you live through that. Yeah. If you make it through that, Randy, you can make it through anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I like the Jags a lot. I think that Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys where he's the kind of quarterback, and I know that ESPN focuses in, and they think that it's one-on-one. It's a quarterback versus quarterback. That's not the way it is. But Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys with him at the helm, under center. Yes. You have a 50% chance to win the game because he's on your team. But you've got a Super Bowl champion coach. You've added Calvin Ridley to a pretty good array. They've got a really good array of offensive talent. Their defense is representative. Uh, I think they're in a really good spot. Now, here's the thing that's not great about their schedule. They open with the Colts at Indianapolis. Okay, that should be a win. Then you've got the Chiefs. Then you've got the Texans and the Falcons. Before you play the Bills, the Colts again. So you're already done with the Colts by week six. Then you go to New Orleans. You go to Pittsburgh. You've got San Francisco at home. You've got the Titans at home. That's always a tough battle. You go to Houston. I think Houston will be much better by that time. You get the Bengals at home. you got to go to Cleveland. You've got the Ravens at home. So you've got the AFC North. Uh, then you go to Tampa. You've got Carolina at home, and you wrap up at Tennessee. But the, playing that first place schedule and playing the AFC North is brutal. 
brutal. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a very tough schedule for them. Yeah. I think, and with all these teams too, I think it's going to be like, it could go one way or the other. Like even with the Bears, and that's why I just chose them because I think that maybe a lot of people don't have high expectations. Mm-hmm. They could have 10 wins this season or it could go like the other way where they have six. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no telling. Same thing with the Vikings. I don't know where their season goes. If they're able to repeat what they did last year, I think that would be really hard to do. Like you were saying, CD. Uh, but I don't know where they go in progression. So teams to underachieve. Chiefs plus 350 to win the AFC. Bills plus 450 to finish second in the AFC. Cowboys plus 600 to win the NFC. Lions plus 800. The team that just sticks out to me clearly here is Buffalo with their lack of depth. Uh, they don't really have a running game. They they didn't address their running game issues during the offseason. Uh, they have digs, but then Gabe Davis leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, I know their tight end situation is okay, but not great. They're going to miss Von Miller for at least the first four weeks. And Von Miller, usually when he gets hurt, he's hurt for the whole year. Mm. So they're missing the pass rusher. You don't know if White, at quarterback, is going to be 100% again. So I think the Bills have just so many question marks across their roster that it's really going to be tough. The Cowboys have the best defensive player in the league right now in Micah Parsons. I hate the Cowboys, but I'm not going to disparage what he is. He's really, really good. The Chiefs are just the Chiefs. And then I think the Lions, I know you like Green Bay in the AFC North, but I think the Lions will be right there in the hunt. I I actually could see a really wild race for the AFC or the NFC North. I I think the Lions are a team to keep an eye on. Their offensive line is really good. I'm intrigued to see what Jameer Gibbs does. They Mm -hmm. drafted him early in the the first round, uh, an electrifying athlete that I think they're going to get involved. I think he's an upgrade from what DeAndre Swift was, what they expected him to be, and what Jameer Gibbs is going to be. Uh, Getting him involved in the passing game and the running game, a, a very skillful athlete that can get the ball in space and make things happen. But if you would ask me this question yesterday at this time, there's no way I would have said the Chiefs. But now mm-hmm. with the injury to mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, and not knowing the, the 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 length of the injury, not knowing you know how bad that injury is, I think that that's a team that could potentially. They don't. Who do they have to throw the ball to? Kadarius Tony again. You don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. be able to play. You got Marquez Valdez Scantling. Maybe he catches the ball. Maybe he doesn't. He's a guy. You got Sky Moore, who they drafted last year, and Rasheed Rice, who they drafted this year. I don't know if any of those guys. Everyone thought when when Tyreek Hill left that the the Chiefs were in trouble, not understanding that Travis Kelsey has been their number one receiver, mm-hmm. and now that Travis Kelsey is down. If Patrick Mahomes can make magic happen with this crew of guys and, and Travis Kelsey is out for an extended period of time, then, yeah, That's give, him, give him another another MVP right then. That's what I was going to say. I mean, what does this say about Patrick Mahomes? Just saying worst-case scenario with Travis Kelsey this season, it's more than one game that he possibly needs to sit out. What will that say about Patrick Mahomes if he's, he's able to make it worth with, work with a Sky Moore and uh, Noah Gray? Best ever. It's. I mean, that, this is oh, a Blake lot. Blake Bell, former quarterback oh. at Oklahoma. Bulldozer. The belldozer yeah. is what they call yeah. it. Yeah. The belldozer. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see tomorrow night what they're do, what they are, they're able to do against a very hungry Detroit team, what Kansas City is able to do without Kelsey, presumably, against the Lions. Coming up next, we're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll, and we've got tickets to give away here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. We've got a balloon party coming up with T-Mac and Ajax, followed by BK and Ferrario. 
They'll be in here from 11 to 2, and then the fast lane from 2 to 6 this afternoon. And don't forget, you can join 101 ESPN and Bud Light for Blues and Brews on Friday night, September 22nd at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Get fired up for the Blues season at this outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox, plus appearances by blues players, alumni, food trucks, blues merch, 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. Tickets on sale now. Visit 101ESPN.com for additional event details and to purchase your tickets for Blues and Brews on September 22nd. Also got tickets for uh, Guns N' Roses. They're coming to town. Did you know that, guys? Yes. Uh, they're coming to chance to uh, coming to town to Bush Stadium, and 101 ESPN is your chance to score a pair of tickets to Guns N' Roses with special guest The Pretenders on Saturday night at Bush. Tickets for the show on sale now, and you can get four select tickets for just 90 bucks. Find a bonus chance to win your tickets at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. But you can go to Cardinals.com to buy tickets, or you can just play the contest, and uh, you can get your tickets for Guns N' Roses uh, right now by... Texting in 314-399-9646. 314-399-Yo-Ho! And uh, how are we going to win tickets today there, Matthew? Today's going to be the, the, a trivia question. Tomorrow we're going to be diving into our game head Love first, it. by the Love way. So, so you guys uh, study complete minutia. Just like, I mean, first? you just have to know everything. The game oh, is called okay. head first. You guys just, yeah, yes. No, it's not you called head first. You just have to know first. everything. It's actually called grab bag giveaway if you want a name for it. Grab bag giveaway. <laughs> you you want it before? <laughs> you want a name? I have a name. Alrighty. Study up on your state capitals. Oh. Also, your South American geography. Okay, what do we got? Oh. Okay, but for today's trivia oh, question, today. it's simple. Good. What was the last NFL regular season in which the Packers' leading passer was not an eventual Hall of Famer? What was the last NFL season in which the Packers' leading passer was not an eventual Hall of Famer? Oh, I can give you that. Off the top of your head. I think well, I wait, give me, give, wait, 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 give him a minute to text in, okay. and then we'll go to it. How about that, Gary? All right. You can flex. You can flex all over the people like you're making mind. I think I know. Also, by the way, uh, don't get cocky today when it comes to trivia, carry because on Friday, it's gonna be you. You're making mind. Oh, let's go. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not here on Friday. I'm so not here on Friday. Friday. You oh, you oh, know oh. that. You already you're you're looking forward I, to it. I kind of am. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you be out of extension on Friday. You're gonna be no, out of the extension. Uh, I will head over there later in the day, but I'm playing in a uh, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital tournament to oh. raise money for their music therapy program. That's nice. Yeah. Good for you, Randy. You're sure. a man of the people. Trying to help so out. Yes. I know. By the way, thanks to Nick Ragone yesterday. He had me out at the Pro-Am at the Ascension Charity Classic, and I got a chance to play with Nick and Pat Britt, who's one of the great players over at Norwood, and uh, Mel Rucker. And our pro was Paul Stankowski. Couldn't have had a nicer guy, even though he's a Cowboy fan. But uh, Paul Stankowski was great to play with, had a great time with him. And uh, thanks to Nick Ragone and everything and everybody over at the uh, the classic, the the Ascension Charity Classic, is fantastic. Did you ask him how he feels about his Cowboys this season? Yeah, he's. Yeah, I I just gave him the the best stat in the world that uh, St. Louis has a more recent NFC Championship game <laughs> and Super Bowl than Dallas. Does. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stat. Yeah. Yes, I wasn't going to even have to ask. Now that you're bringing that up, I, I do want to mention uh, Jerry Jones yesterday was quoted yeah. as saying that Dak Prescott will be with the Cowboys, quote unquote, a long time. So I have to, I have to ask, oh. do you think the Cowboys fan that you're friends with, do you think Stankowski would be happy with that statement or would it bring him anxiety and trepidation? Uh, probably anxiety and trep- trepidation. The guy had 15 picks last year. Now, here's the question. Who's longer with the Cowboys? Jack Prescott or Jerry Jones? <laughs> did you? Uh, I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. That's a very good question. Did you see that Jerry Jones, when they were asking him about the criticism of not 
telling anyone about the Trey Lance signing. I saw that, the yes. trading. He said, I'm the owner and GM. I don't got to consult with anybody. Yeah. Hey, this is yeah. my team. That's true. He's not wrong. <laughs> I don't have oh, to talk to you. anyone. Again, he, he, does he like says to that. Flex that every once in a while, he huh? says that, but he knows we all read the story that it was reported that his son manhandled him to not draft Johnny Manziel. Like we know for a fact that you might be the GM, that but if a, your son's going to physically probably, stop you from putting the card in, maybe you don't have all the power. That worked out. Decision by his son. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Not Gave him some. Some. He earned some credit with that one. Not blaming the son. Son, you know what? You, when you're right, you're right. Uh, my point is, is that maybe Jerry should maybe. Keep giving a little bit more. That man said he is the owner and GM. He don't have to consult with anybody. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about something good news. Congratulations to Jackson Holiday, who is, continues to move up in the A system. He got called up and went one for four with a walk in a double. Again, just continues to climb the ranks. So congratulations to Jackson Holiday. And the American Gaming Association just put out these numbers, and this is absolutely incredible. They expect a they expect a 57.7% growth in, in gambling on the football season. They expect the number to jump to 28% of Americans, 73.5 million Americans. One in four Americans are going to do some kind of sports gambling in the year 2023 during the football season. I'm honestly kind of shocked it's that low. Imagine if you could place bets in Missouri. Ooh. You can't? You can't? Oh, well, nope. you know what I mean. Nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to make the joke. I was like, 73 million Americans and none of them are Missourians. Then I was no. like, well, that's not well, true in any way, I mean. shape, or form. Yeah. Yes. Here's the thing. You can go to Kansas. You can. You can go to Illinois. You can. I think, can you go to Arkansas? Arkansas? Arkansas. I don't know. I think, I that's like, a good question. I think we have like four or five. Board. Iowa does it. I know a lot of people who go to Illinois. Yeah. Some in this room. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, four or five bordering states that have... Um, legalized gambling, but we don't need that tax money in Missouri. Our roads are fine. Can Brooke. somebody can somebody just explain to me why it's still such an issue where it's being held up here? Apparently, oh. there's like one guy that's doing it. It's like some idiot in Jeff City. Brooke, this is this is a long-standing Missouri thing. I if know, you want to buy your it. choice, lose money, you have to be next to a body of water. Your feet have to be in <laughs> the Mississippi or Missouri rivers. I, I think you should be able to get away with the pair, but no one wants to stand in it. You just got to put your do- toes in a little water, and then you can bet wherever you want in this state. Yeah, it makes it's sense. It's logical. Ridiculous. I don't know what your issue is. Should yeah, I, it's uh, true. Ridiculous. Is it bad of me that I don't, don't know a guy's name and don't know him from Adam, but I still called him an idiot? No, okay. you have enough proof of something that you don't necessarily need to know who a person is okay. to, to know, know what they're they are. an idiot or not. There you go, to know what they are. Okay, so yes, That's every, every bordering state of Missouri has uh, legalized sports gambling, mm. except for Oklahoma. Wow. But wow. Arkansas does, uh, Iowa oh. does, Illinois does. It's because of the slot machines Indiana does, and the gas does. stations? Yeah, Tennessee so is that still the thing that's that's, that's, that's holding literally it up the slot, what this is, is the slot machines? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? So the only bordering state of uh, and we have seven bordering states. The only one eight. that doesn't is Oklahoma. Is it seven or eight? Uh, so eight. Oklahoma, Arkansas, and you know I'm a geography whiz here. <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Illinois. That's four, right? Iowa is five. Five. Kansas. Nebraska, Kansas. This could, have been a good, you, this could have been a good thing for the game tomorrow. Would. Name the states that border Missouri. Kansas, <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> it would have been good. Three. Illinois, four. Wait, Nebraska borders Missouri? Yeah. What? Kentucky, five. 
Did you say? Don't you remember the Big Twelve? Tennessee six, Arkansas seven, Oklahoma's eight. You're, you're, yeah, it's eight. eight. I know. And yeah. I, I did learn a thing or two about a thing or two. Somebody yeah. said, "Let me gamble from my couch on Sunday." Thank you. <laughs> well, how did we? How did we get here? It's a great question. I, I would have bet fifty dollars that Missouri physically touched Oklahoma or Nebraska, but not both of them. Oh yeah, that, that's why I, I thought there was some overlap there. Yeah. I would have lost some money. States. It used to be that the in the old Big Twelve, the only bordering state that we didn't have a rivalry with well rivalries were uh kentucky and uh, arkansas and now we've changed obviously and we've lost our friends in iowa and all of that stuff kansas nebraska uh forget you guys we had this conversation i just found a new thing to list for later on down the road so forget we had this conversation about states that border missouri because i'm going to write that one down Hmm. did you say tennessee i did say say tennessee? tennessee okay yeah Little, what would you have? Like a, a little, it's like a little a leg. 100 yards, it. maybe? Yeah. 100 yards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might be a little bit more than that. I would have lost. Yeah. Yeah. You would have lost on that one, on Tennessee? Somebody says Missouri borders 11 states? It's Tennessee eight. eight. It's no. eight. We just counted them. We just gave them to you. We know our geography. <laughs> I, you they, like, hold on like a second. Second grade. The okay. 618 texted that. It's oh, not their well. geography. Oh, okay. Clearly. Well. So I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass? Maybe. Also, we're getting multiple texts on there being unknown idiots around Missouri who are stopping... Uh, video gambling. We're getting somebody saying it's somebody from Warrensburg. Apparently, there's a politician from Neosho, which I ha- which oh, I think yeah. is the well, one they're, you're, they're you, I've heard they're, a bunch of times. They're advanced in Neosho. They they've got it figured out. <laughs> so I think it make it better, Randy, that you called you called multiple people you don't know from Adam idiots oh, instead of just one. Okay, thank you. Good. Blanket statement. Oh, I think it's okay. So, and if you are an idiot, uh, sorry, not sorry. Oh yeah. And by the way, uh, we we didn't get a lot of correct answers, Carrie, for the trivia question. We got some. What was the trivia answers. question again? So I don't have much. The, tri- the trivia question the was. When was the last NFL season Ooh. in which the Packers' leading passer was not an eventual okay. Hall of Famer? Was it Brett Hundley? No, it no, was he John Mikowski. It goes all the way back. Nobody within Magic all those Man, huh? within all those injuries to Aaron Rodgers with the Matt Flynn stuff. He was still the leading passer. It goes all the way back to 1991, Down the Mc- last time. The Magic Man. Uh, no, it's um starts with the T. I'm blanking on it right now. Oh my gosh, Tim I, Tebow. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's the only quarterback that matters with that a T. Was extremely rude of you to say that. <laughs> Like court back the yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to ask me Timmy. this one. I had this uh, the other day, and now I don't have it in front of me anymore. It wasn't Don Makowski. No, Magikowski, it, Magikowski was their leading passer Hundley. in 1990. Yeah. It was Brett Hundley in 2017. That's not what Pro Football Reference says. Uh, Pro Football Reference uh, leading passer, top uh, 19, uh, 2017, Brett Hundley. Oh. Mike Tomjack was their leading Tom passer Tom in 1990. Yeah. If, if, if I'm saying it right, uh, I can't. It looks like Kachuk. Uh, so I'm not maybe pronouncing it wrong. Did I miss one in there? Uh, Hundley, 1836. Uh, Rogers, 1675. I overlooked it. 2017. I went to one of their games and they got shut out by the Ravens. And Brett Hundley was abysmal. Mm. Not great. Not yeah. a great day for him. Not a great day. And let's see. Uh, let me just uh, give you this again. Um, yeah, Hundley started nine. R- Rogers started seven. 2017. Mm. Is the correct answer. Nice. Mm. Yep. Sorry. Text that one. sorry, not sorry. Reverend's extremely fickle. Well, Actually, just, you know, my, right my eyes are extremely fickle. <laughs> I was just I saw a run of Rogers and I was like, really, none of those seasons. And I I because you know these things just kind of pop into my head and like I randomly check them out. Guy, UCLA yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah. And it, here's why I remember because of that, because I wasted a weekend. <laughs> well, I didn't waste a weekend. But I didn't you waste my time going Packers with Brett Hundley. Yeah. Yeah, was it? Was wait, it was, a, it was a game here. 
No, it was in uh, Green Bay. Green then you Bay. didn't waste. Then you didn't waste no, a weekend. I, did, I didn't know. I you enjoyed, saw a game in Lambeau Field. That's like I, a that's a bucket list item for there. a lot of people. It is. That's I a bucket know, list item for me. They got. I would love to do that. Got beat up on. I would like to see a game uh, at Arrowhead bad. Stadium. Have you guys done that? Uh, I have done that. I've, I've never been to. Yeah, a, that's a little different. <laughs> I can't. I can't experience it that way, Carrie. I've never been to an opposing NFL stadium before. Really? No. Do you guys remember, remember the game, the Denver-Kansas City game, where Dante Hall had the unbelievable punt return yes, at the end? and he's like a joystick. Yep, yep. It, it, I was at that game. Yes. It was unbelievable yeah. back in the, back in the really day. Well, yeah, we need Garrett? to do, because the real show always does a Chiefs game trip. We should do that. I'm with it. And uh, I think I could, well, I think, I know I can get us to Green Bay. Also, again, I was talking about this with friends over the weekend. We in St. Louis always forget. Indianapolis is the same drive as Kansas City. It's closer from exactly. It, Lucas Oil Stadium is exactly three hours three hours from here from my driveway. Yeah. So yeah, we could do that too. We could go see Coach Venturi. He can get Let's a ticket. Make it happen. Yeah, it'd be fun. We got to get Coach Venturi on. Find yes. out how bad that team is. Oof. You think he'll he'll be honest? Ask him. Can we get him on Friday? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not here, but you can. Yeah, I'll, I'll set him up for you. Coach yeah, we'll do it. Uh, thank We're you. Jam packed the next two days, but we should. Yeah, we should have room. There's our uh, producer, audio engineer Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, so did we give away tickets to somebody with the wrong answer? Yep. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brooke, was this fun? It was. It How about good. that? <laughs> uh, CD? Show us your face. Show us your face. We want to see your go. face. Who said that? You want to see my face? It hurts me that you don't care about seeing my face. It hurts me, YouTube. Mm, hurts mm, me to the mm. core. All right. They want to see your face. You just have to prod them a little bit. Okay. Uh, We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.